Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Every week, I think I'm going to catch it, and every week I don't. This is what happens when this is what happens when Brett's not here. You know, it's it's you got a, a fucking ghost ship just floating through. God loves me, and so sometimes I arrive at port. But uh, before I introduce you, got let me actually because I've been meaning, I've been getting people, I've been getting people online on the show account, um, you know, like adding me about this. Uh, wow, I'm I'm actually a little ner- I'm a little nervous about this. Um, so people have been asking like, where is Brett, and that sort of thing. Um, and Brett is, let me just say, he's still around. He's healthy. He's doing good. Uh, but so you know, because we do, we're going to open the Patreon. We're going to open the Patreon after this episode. So in this one, it's going to be uh, me and Poppy Chulo and Grim talking about, you know our dumb fucking awful week and all that. Uh, and then starting next week, you know, Brett should ideally be back, but just for some context of, of where he's been. Um, so I, I remember I met Brett, um, at FSU. It was, it was move in day. Um, I was wearing a pair. I remember I, I wore jeans like baggy jeans um, with the the belt that has the clip instead of the holes, and I, I pulled the belt through, and I did the thing where like the belt would dangle like a little cloth cock in front of you. Oh, Very yeah. cool. Um, I had a gray secondhand shirt um, that I think said Ojibwa, which I didn't know what that was. Apparently, that's the Native American uh, culture. I was just appropriating for. for I, I don't. Maybe I was a great rep for the Ojibwa people. I don't know. Uh, probably not though, because over that I wore a an open like Frankie Muniz Malcolm in the Middle style uh, uh, <laughs> Guy Harvey shirt with different like trout and fish on it, just like open. So I'm like, hey, welcome to college, bro. Ojibwa and Guy Harvey, like I'm ready to make friends. And uh, I remember I didn't smoke, so I walked up to Sally Hall. Was was the dorm? Is the shittiest dorm, right? That's always where you get the best community. It turns out I didn't know that at the time. So I walk up to the smoker's table and I'm like, I don't really smoke. So I'm like, ha hey, what's up? And all that. And uh, then I went back to my room, which was 302 in the West Tower. They are like twin towers in Sally Hall. And, you know, I sat there and I heard some commotion. I, I, it, honestly, it probably was Sublime. I probably heard Sublime playing a couple doors down. So I'm in 302, uh, 308. Uh, one of my high school friends was there. And so I went there and I sat down and they already got the beanbag chairs. And like, everyone <laughs> is so nervous. You can tell, you know, like, like everyone's got like fresh haircuts and this is their best outfit because high school's fucking over, man. Like time to make a good impression. And I'm there too. And I'm like, this is my best guy Harvey shirt. 
And so I'm on the beanbag chair and everyone's vibing and we're just like, oh man, have you gone to Arfok, the real food on campus? It's great. You can have as many eggs as you want, even at midnight. So cool, dude. Like maybe we'll get drunk and walk over. Like we're doing all that. And this guy walks in who looks like he's in ROTC, but, but only for LGBT. Like he is, he is way too clean cut, high speed, low drag and moto. And he walks in and he says nothing. I mean, he walks one, two, three, four steps into this middle. It's a quad, right? So it's, it's four bunk beds. Uh, he walks right in the middle and just starts or, or just stops Cross his arms and goes, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, God damn. <laughs> Tallahassee's intense. I thought, when I went to high school, I sort of thought it'd be like on TV. And I was like, I, I need to keep track of all my crushes. That was not a problem, right? But high school was not like what I thought. College in the deep south in Tallahassee started kind of like what I thought. Just an aggressive, conservative looking man entering my space and, and shouting interrogatives at me. Uh, and so we all look at him. We're just like, Hey man, what do you mean? And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, and in my head, I'm like, this is just like a cool, maybe this is like how people greet each other. Like, and I go like, the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm Mr. Cool. <laughs> and, and he's like, I'm at home, which is a very confusing thing to, to say to someone, uh, who is standing in your friend's dorm <laughs> where they don't live there. Uh, and everyone's like, what are you talking about? And it's like, I'm talking to you to get your ass up and get out of here. Because this is my dorm room and I got shit to do. I got stuff to move in. There's like nine people he's never met before. <laughs> this is day one of moving in. Like, he's getting pissed at us. And I'm like, bro, what's, what are you talking about? He's like, I'm talking about, there's a bunch of people I've never met in my, my dorm on day one when I have stuff to do. It's not a good start. Okay, so fine whatever you want to do take the party down one i'm not saying you can't do that but you got to get the hell out of here and we're like this is where we live so i don't know what your deal is and he goes yeah and he pulls out a piece of slip or a piece of paper that goes 308 sally hall and he puts it in all of our faces and he's like yeah so where do you live again and i remember and mark uh <laughs> brought out a uh, a piece of paper that said 308 west that's where i live in 308 west the 308 that is in the western tower what does yours say <laughs> and he went all right my name's brett what's up what's going on that was how i met brett uh, so all this is, and that was in 2005, maybe, I think something like that. So it's been a long time. Right. But from the beginning, you know, he's always been a, a sort of, uh, headstrong and, and, and stubborn guy. Uh, and that's what's, you know, that's what I've come to, to appreciate. He, he has his beliefs and he believes the hell out of them. <laughs> and you got to really convince him to get off that, that path. And, you know, I've always seen that as a good thing. Um, but, uh, so, uh, uh, you know, last, well, I guess a couple weeks ago now, um, a person on Twitter sent me some, uh, DMs or chat logs, I guess, uh, that I did not 
I I swear I did not know about. Um, they date back earlier than I. Uh, you know, there's. I don't even. I don't know why I'm trying to like frame this a certain way or like I like. It's just. It's not my problem, so I'm just. I'm just going to throw it out there. Brett has been grooming Virgil, Texas. Um, I. <laughs> I saw some snippets. Um, <laughs> this did not anything too bad. I don't think they ever met, but there's a lot of like, it's, uh, you know, so much about Iowa's third. That's most people <laughs> your age takes a while to really, what was Moo house? Like that was crazy, right? What's Talon like? <laughs> Is he friendly? And it's just, I think on paper, there's nothing too bad, but until we know for sure what's going on, uh, he just, he's just taking some time to himself. So that's all. I think we still got a great show. Um, actually that's, uh, that's probably not true too. Uh, because while, <laughs> while we do have, uh, Grim, Grim here, uh, and where do they find you on Twitter? Uh, exile Grim with two M's. Terrible what they did to you. They uh, feared your power. Yeah. So we got Grim here, uh, former. Didn't you like mod the the Chapo subreddit? Yeah, and Hassan. So yeah, so I, so you've been wrapped up in this a little bit too. Um, but I, I we're gonna move on from now. Uh, like I said, decent show. Uh, probably not great because our, our our second guest, uh, Poppy Chulo from Twitter at not Christiane not Christiane, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes. Okay. Um. We tried to do an outline yesterday, and uh, what happened was uh, I was asked a question about a topic, like, what about this eviction thing? Is that good? And and I said, well, you know, the thing about evictions and what's going on with Pelosi is when you look at the Democratic part, and mid-sentence, I realized she had fallen asleep. (laughs) That's a recurring theme. fell asleep. She asked me for my take. (laughs) on her topic and i literally didn't get to the subordinate clause i watched the eyes go down and i was like no i'm just gonna keep talking just i don't want to i need to see my fate clearly here and i realized she passed straight fucking out and now i'm worried how many people because i know there's people that are like oh sometimes i put this on with my parents in the car and it really bugs them or somebody was like i was making thanksgiving dinner with the family and put this on and they're like wow this guy's really dumb who is he and it's like those are not good use cases for the show stop doing that (laughs) but i have to say if your use case for the show is falling asleep if this is like a sonorous low timber sort of if you would have done like snowstorm in the hills and that hasn't been working i guess you know download subscribe rate whatever dumb and awful and see how that goes for you because uh, certainly i got no interesting takes on the eviction crisis apparently what about you two though look i slept like a rock okay so i'm very I'm, happy I'm for well you. rested thank you okay. very much yeah. <laughs> poppy just leaning into it yeah poppy, i think you might have like some kind of narcolepsy if this no, is not <laughs> Straight up has narcolepsy. It's, we, I've seen this before. We did Zoom games on like Jackbox or whatever, and Poppy would be like, "Okay, what's the room code?" And like people would tell her, and then the, they would go to her video, and she's just out like a light. Yeah, that that tracks. So 
Uh, like I said, this will be our last full two-hour one before we start breaking it up. We're already 12 minutes in, uh, 12 good union minutes in. So uh, without further ado, let's go over the, the dumb shit that happened this week. Uh, so again, first things first, eviction moratorium is ending. There's been a lot of uh, great messaging, just great stuff for for tiny little baby brains. If you thought giving Democrats power over Congress and the presidency uh, was going to enable them to accomplish anything, uh, you, you're silly. You're a silly little man. You're, you're, you already have lost the thread. But after letting the eviction moratorium expire uh, this Friday and really seemingly only becoming aware of its expiration this Thursday, um, <laughs> it, it's, it's another low point. So this means that people are actually going to start getting thrown on their ass if your state isn't beneficent. Is that is that what's going on? I mean, yeah, pretty much. It's, you know, for the people who don't already have it, um, it's going to become a problem. I, there's also the, the dual issue of they're building an insane amount of housing right now, despite the fact that all of the construction prices are almost 2x. And uh, like I... Fucking two by fours at Home Depot are nine eighty seven yesterday. So wow, the, the two by four index. normal two by the four working right. man's index that the the Florida metric right there. <laughs> the Florida. <metric. laughs> I mean, that's really that's like everything we do is tourism and construction, and so you can look at those as like the leading indicators for stuff. I, I like that the two by four metric. So why are, why are we building so much if we're like at the precipice of a bubble? Well, because it, everyone, it was cool and hip to have like a small place that was a crash pad if you were a young professional and to do everything outside that crash pad. And then there was a pandemic where everyone got locked indoors. So mm-hmm. everyone bought homes and eventually all the homes were bought. And now there's, you know, there's more people trying to move from apartments to housing still who don't want a repeat of the last time. I mean, I really do think it's that. That brought. I got lucky. We got a new house and we signed it over in uh, November. And now I'm getting offers for like forty grand on top of the price we paid. Damn. Maybe everybody uh, back in Florida was right. I remember literally junior year in high school. I was skateboarding in Lighthouse Point, Florida, and uh, my skateboard buddy brought me in to yet another waterfront cocaine house where like the atrium is bigger than the rest of the house because fuck it. Right. Like I want to throw spirals in, in the front room. And I remember the guy's dad was there uh, looking quite hungover. And he's like, come over here. You want to you want to know a real secret? Real estate. And I was like, OK, is that is that the secret? I've heard of real estate. And he's like, it cannot go down. Do you know where more land is? And I was like, I don't I mean, I, I don't know. And he's like, Exactly. No one knows where the land is, so this gets more expensive by the day. And I was like, this is the smartest motherfucker I've ever met in my life. Uh, so Mr. Moran, by the way, his name was Mr. Moron. I'm sorry, that was his actual Mr. Moran, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the vibe right now then? That's the total vibe, yeah. Everyone's buying. Like, I got a bud who took the offer on his house up, and he's now going to – um, with a baby, he's now going to do apartment again for a year or two while they shop for another house, like waiting for the the, the back end, essentially. So yeah, Jesus Christ. 
Yeah, it's like I mean, he's doing it in a good way. He's got he has the choice. It's not like he doesn't have a choice. Yeah, he and his wife are right. working; they do well. So, but yeah, it's the value is crazy, and it's um, an entire subdivision near me got bought by a single buyer who's going to rent the entire thing. We're talking two hundred, three hundred homes. Well, that and, is that is sort of where things are going, right? Like the the joke now is BlackRock got into Biden's cabinet, so they're getting the preemptive like housing bailout. BlackRock yeah. is buying up all of the actual homes with the understanding that there was a problem after the the, the Great Recession, as we as we call it, like 08, 09 and all that. I mean, part of that, all of us, everyone's seen the movies. We know how the fucking CDOs or whatever work. But part of that was squeezing blood out of an increasingly resistant stone. Uh, and, and you saw in that little period, Grim, I, I think from like, 12 to 15 maybe there was all this stuff about like reverse mortgages and why not get a mortgage on your car like right they were looking for what is the last we can move down a rung you know what if we're not we're not at the level where we're killing antelope anymore but we could like eat snails with our financial uh, uh packages or whatever we could still subsist and find ever increasing growth off that and that sort of fizzled because it turns out after the Great Recession and losing your home, you lack neither the the means or will to fucking mortgage your Kia Sorento or whatever. Um, it seems like recently BlackRock and, and Wall Street has basically figured out like, oh, no, this is it. This is actually the end of empire. We've run out of land. Uh, uh, we've milked every we, we've squeezed everyone dry in every industry. Shit is so unequal. That you know what? Fuck it. Let's just do one last ride on the housing market. Biden will give it to us. You know what? People need to expect certain dips in quality of life. You know, with the I don't know climate change or George Floyd or something or or you know Congress is fucked up. Thirty three percent of poll respondents say secession for their particular state may not be a terrible idea. People expect shit's shitty, so you know why not make home ownership one of those things that like wages tied to production will be like not even a, a political a politicized issue home ownership will just go the way of labor rights and all that and it'll just be something for the wealthy we know you live in a food desert uh but the good news is now you're renting there and that's just expectations i don't know it, it this stuff is really bleak to me uh poppy are you in here I am. It's just incredible to me the way that they still, they went on vacation. They went on vacation. And and then when they got called out on going on vacation, Nancy Pelosi's excuse was, well, I didn't know about any of this until two days ago. What the fuck do you mean you didn't know about this? You're the Speaker of the House of Representatives. Like She's not the listener of the House. Okay, Grim. Thank you so much for that one. But you that know what's delightful. up? That was Bill Maher-esque. <laughs> I'm sad you don't I'm sad that you're an international man of mystery, so we can't see you do the the Bill Maher smug head tilt uh, as you drop that bomb. But, sorry, go, go ahead. Bobby. I was holding my head, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the um the student debt repayment deferments, those are gonna expire next month. And oh, I assume they'll go fuck. on vacation. I assume they'll go on vacation again and let those expire, and then Nancy Pelosi will say, Well, I didn't know about this until yesterday. Well, and... I can tell you she did know about the student loan thing uh, because on canceling student loan debt, 
uh, she said, suppose your child just decided they, at this time, uh, don't want to go to college, but you're paying taxes to forgive someone else's obligations. You may not be happy about that. Close quote, Nancy Pelosi, July 28, 2021. I just don't get the baby brain shit. She's literally telling you, I have policies that comport with 1991-era Republican GOP conservatism. This is someone from the party of labor, obviously not. The party of the working class, the BIPOC party, the LGBT party, saying, you know what? Why should you have to pay taxes for someone else to benefit? That is just, it's so mask off at this point that I don't understand how people are coming along. Thankfully, it seems like, you know, people in the comments or whatever, it's just like, we, there's a little bit of like, we've been so politically mobilized to think that like we're fighting against fascism and we need extreme, powerful, positive responses to these extreme negative uh, 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 historic events that, that seem to be cascading down upon us at regular intervals now. Going to, well, actually, maybe the social contract is just kind of bullshit is so dangerous <laughs> it's just like well then what what are you there for if you if you don't believe one should support people that aren't immediately yourself then why don't we just fucking devolve into a libertarian anarchist fucking uh, uh let's actually do rugged individualism why are we sending money to georgia why are people doing people i love doing get out the vote for democrats if you literally can't you're, you're saying hey welcome to dnc we do not believe in fighting for someone that isn't myself, which, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, also disagreeing with the very idea of taxes. Like, if yeah. you, that's the thing. They're literally saying, like, well, your taxes shouldn't have to go to something you don't like. And it's like, I'm pretty sure that's why taxes exist is because everyone's Funny. funding a little bit of something they don't like. That's I, did the not, idea. I did not decide on Iron Dome. Uh, nobody asked me about that. In fairness, they did ask me about Gaza, and I, that was a mistake. <laughs> I can own that one. I it's they were very persuasive in the room if you were there. But yeah, it's like okay, fine. We we don't care about anyone other than ourselves. Fuck it. Do isolationist foreign policy then? Why the fuck do I have bases on a bunch of nobody's land? It's just like it's so nonsensical. I do not understand how anyone has support for this. What kicks the nonsense up? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Graham. No, you go. What kicks the nonsense up a notch too is I can't get over all of the FDR comparisons, which like Grim, you know very well what I'm talking about, which is like FDR has... FDR has this, what you you could say whatever you want about FDR, but the common line with the Democrats right now is Biden is the most progressive president since FDR. And then they keep doing all of these, you know, comparisons like Biden is FDR. We're doing post-pandemic legislation. That's obviously his new deal. But then you think about like, the actual policies of FDR, whether you think that they're good or bad and the actual new deal as a package. And you think it's, it wouldn't have just been Joe Manchin, literally the entire democratic party caucus would have been against everything that FDR ever did. (laughs) It's unbelievable. FDR shut down the entire nation's banks a couple of days into his first term. Like he was just like, yeah, no more banking like that. We're just going to end that. By the way, we're going to go and find anyone who's hoarding gold and we're going to steal it from them. We're going to have like goon troops go in, break open their vaults and literally haul away all their gold. Like that was, that was FDR. 
He threatened to have Supreme Court justices impeached. He threatened to expand the court. He played so dirty, which also so did Abraham Lincoln, but nobody ever remem- remembers that. Um, oh, yeah. It- Rough one if you're Dakota Sioux, huh? Big L on, on the, <laughs> the biggest mass hanging in American history. Sorry, buddy. We didn't invent BIPOC yet. You, you had to take the L on this one. We'll add you the flag later. Still haven't got around to that, by the way. Sorry. Yeah. FDR, it's not just that he threatened to impeach. He per, he openly threatened to impeach the uh, Supreme Court, but he had his main guy, Harry Hopkins, go and tell the Supreme Court, according to two different Supreme Court justices who who later reported it after FDR was dead. And and Harry Hopkins told them, hey, uh, I'm here and I'm not officially here on FDR's behalf, but you know exactly I'm here doing what he's telling me to do. And uh, if you kill the WPA with the uh, the current case that the I think it was Georgia was pushing through. If you kill the WPA program through the case Georgia's going through, I'm going to tell a million unemployed workers where your wife like spends her time and where your daughters are, and I'm going to tell them like they need to settle this problem. That's cool because he essentially made a rape joke using mathematics. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> he was actuarially problematic, but for the good guys and that's really what the left is about (laughs) (laughs) but it's just an example of how extreme people were going at the time you know there's mail bombs there was like a thousand mail bombs sent to congress leading up to and during fdr's term there were shotgun circles where uh farmers would just decide hey uh no bank can foreclose on a farm Mm -hmm. and a widow lives here right yep that's right and that stuff started from communist farmers in the 30s. I mean, that was actually it started in the 20s, but it became real popular in the 30s. So, I mean, that's where people were at that point. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, some, go ahead. You know what's real great about it? We've got Joe Biden maintaining and building upon their legacy. <laughs> that's right. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> yeah, I just it, it's back then. I mean, yes, back then, one thing that is encouraging is it, it was at least felt. And this is one of those things where belief compels action and sort of makes the, the it changes reality. There was this belief that the levers still in some ways, the levers of politics were attached to something, right? Even if right. that lever was just fear. This was, again, the shotgun circles down south where you'd have the, the Democrats running ads. They're just like, your boss is a son of a bitch. Vote for the Democrats. Like, yeah, it was antagonistic. It was at least on some corporeal level, you felt like politics was a struggle for resources and power among people with real ideologies, right? That was the people taking action. Nowadays, I mean, th- there was another clique of people that weren't doing fucking anything, right? There right. were the people that thought politics. I've fully come around. I'm a, a Tammany Hall truther. I think oh, Tammany all fucking rules. Uh, <laughs> 100%. Because that was actually what politics was, right? Uh, it, it was the idea of like, look at this goddamn Mick. This, this guy. You would just see him coming off the ship and just go, buddy, you want a ham? And it's like, yeah, I mean, I don't know what a ham is, but it sounds fucking good. And it's like, great. Do one useful thing and vote on your way to the whorehouse or whatever. And it's like, uh, okay, but I do get the ham? It's like, yeah. That is more than anyone now is giving you, right? Like during the civil war, people were like, vote, vote yourself into a fucking farm. Like there was some idea that politics was meant to be a give and receive. Uh, 
but even then there was these the usually the elites right usually the technocrats going like that shit's grubby that's basically bribery you know these people now that think like lobby lobbying is okay but the big problem in government is corruption if we get that sorted out we'll all be fine this is a long history of cucks that goes back to the romans but these this group of people this omnipresent set that thinks politics is merely expressing ideas and virtues that are so powerful in an idealistic sense that it will change reality around them once people have the knowledge the idea that like knowledge is power and so don't get don't get too far out of line because we have our ideas being funneled through the people that then uh, channel them to the most realistic currents like Nancy Pelosi who then right. says something today like ensuring every american has a roof overhead is a value that unites the Democratic Party. Absolutely not. Nope. There, there is no more anti-homeless party than the fucking Democratic Party. Because anytime they get in power, spikes go on the fucking benches. But anyway, that's why I led a relentless campaign to extend the CDC eviction moratorium in an act of pure cruelty. Republicans block this measure, leaving children and families out on the streets. I... If you hear that and you're like, damn, I hate the Republicans, please stop voting. You aren't doing anything anyway. It, it, it's, 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 I, it just drives me crazy the lack of, of critical thinking, right? From it's, it's Dunning, we're just the fucking nation of Dunning Kruger, where it, it, something like this, which is obviously bullshit. She said she didn't even care about it until fucking yesterday. You have something like this where she's obviously lying. Everyone fucking sucks it up, right? They're just like, well, yeah, we got to trust her. Seems seems fine. But come fucking SOS Cuba or any foreign policy in any country where you have not – you don't know the first thing. If today I asked you about Azerbaijan, you'd be totally comfortable going like, I don't know fucking anything about Azerbaijan. If a hashtag comes out tomorrow, there's fucking four million new Azerbaijani experts out there. And just like, where is this sort of like critical self-confidence when it comes to bullshit pablum PR stuff? I just, I, uh, sorry for talking over everybody, but it's just like, this stuff bothers me. This is literally the same people that I have to go see every day uh, are the people advocating and tutting at my family members and friends who literally got evicted last time and are going to get evicted this time. I'm on the student loan side. I have a Biden garnishment. Every fucking check I get, Biden takes some of it because he does not allow loans to be fucking dischargeable under bankruptcy. So every fucking day I have to, or every fucking week, my check just goes. As I already live in a city that's so owned by landlords that it's expected to pay 50 to 60% of your net income as rent. And now I have the fucking garnishment. And I'm someone with a professional job with 10 years of experience with fucking a New York Times article about my competency. I can't fucking live here. And when I go in and see people, they tell me, well, what, we weren't going to leave the eviction moratorium forever. Like this, this is how we solve housing. Or, yeah, well, you, you decided to take those student loans. You should be thankful for Biden for fixing the problem that he created momentarily, which also, no, he didn't. Trump did. But that, that's my rant. I'm going to enjoy this dog shit Spanish wine now uh, if, if you all have anything. I'm pretty much on, on board. I, uh, 
I'm there also in the student loan sense. Um, my uh, fiance is too, although she's got like, you know, $120,000 in student loans. I got that um, beat. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I got that beat. I had to take in. Well, you went to law loans. school, right? Yeah. That wasn't, that wasn't what did it. Oh, okay. uh, I went to law school on a, a full scholarship because I'm the smartest man on earth. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Uh, yeah. Just, just, you know, excelled in sciences and the arts and law. It's just really an every man. Um, <laughs> So, uh, uh, no, I got fucked in, in art school because I needed health care. And the only way I could get health care was to take an absurd fucking grad plus loan to get back in the building where they give you health care. And as soon as I graduated, it was gone again. Um, these are the choices that you have to fucking make in America. It just it sounds like the system worked. I mean, it kept me alive to complain more. I'm sure they fucking... <laughs> I mean, look, this is what's so frustrating is like this stuff is not hard, right? Like growing up, even in Florida, even in Florida, I'm alive because of stuff shit like the chips program. I'm alive because of WIC. It costs fucking nothing and it keeps me from robbing you. You think people, oh, I hate, I hate the ugliness I see out on the streets. Well, then why are you fucking evicting everyone back there? Oh, well, why are people fucking doing gang looting in in California uh, grocery stores? I don't know. Maybe because they have no fucking money because they can't get a job and the fucking student loan shit is crippling them. It's just just so – I'm sorry. I drank two coffees beforehand. (laughs) It's okay. It's very real and it's – like I honestly have a bit of um, heartburn over the fact that I got really excited they went on Trump so hard about immigration. Because I really did think, oh, they've gone way too hard to just immediately return exactly where they are. And Biden is now speeding up deportations like without court, like without a court order. They're just, above the Trump levels. Yes. Just to clear. Yeah. ICE, uh, DOD funding is higher. ICE funding is higher. They're not, again, it's not kids in cages. It's managed care facilities at the border. It's just, it's all fucking air, air sounds that make you feel better about being a piece of shit. And I, I, God, I, I wish it fucking worked on me, but Jesus. God, think about how happy we'd be if it did work on us. Well, I think about that all the time. I'm just like, man, there's a million different ways. Like, like I'll be walking and just think like, what if I just gave all this up? That would be, I mean, I know you're thinking, Rob, all this. I mean, but, <laughs> but I just can't. Because I can't escape the feeling that like, oh, I'm being a, a piece of shit. We talked about this last week, but it's just like the system does require some percent of people to never be able to find jobs. We need some people to be homeless. We need a, a caste system, right? I mean, how else are you going to get your fucking pret and mulberry and vine-ass salads, right? Like we, we need this shit. I don't think that makes it... Uh, okay. Like the, the current status quo needs that. And I think half the people or maybe more than half just go like, okay, so it is what it is. And then the other group just goes like, well, then we need to get rid of the fucking status quo. And I guess there's nothing really that virtuous over, I have nothing. So of course I'd say the status quo needs to change and they have stuff. So of course they say it needs to stay the same. And then I get in my head about, well, so if it's not even virtue or if it is in fact like my material conditions and environment that have led me here, then it's not like I have any real ownership of the choice. I could just as easily choose to be a fucking hype guy or a dipshit or everyone, fuck everyone but me. 
and it would just it would objectively make my life better. You, you guys ever think that? Oh yeah, totally. I I think that all the time. I think it all the time, and I see it especially with um, people like my parents who come from. Well, I mean, my dad comes from Spain, so grew up in a fascist dictatorship. My mom comes from Sweden and grew up under Olaf Palme, and so and, and oh, seeing oh, not Olaf. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I can tell you a story about Olaf, but that's for Oh, could you? Oh, could you? Yeah. We'll save that for later. Um, But so they, seeing the politics that I was kind of raised in, in my house, like a very base level, like social Democrat at least, Mm. and now seeing what, um, like the way that they front for Biden, just at the dinner table with their own daughter, the way that they get personally insulted by the by the audacity that i have to speak about the democratic party the way that i do after everything that they've done for us and i'm like everything that they've done for who literally even us as a as an upper middle class family of of two teachers and a and a single daughter in the suburbs what have they done for us except for repeal glass steagall so that half of our money went down the toilet in 2008 we weren't even in that precarious of a situation tell me what they've done for us and i'm just like and then I think it's like, you know what? They're probably so happy. Like, I mean, I'm a thorn in their side because I fight them on it. But just like inside their own heads, when they're not thinking about me, it must feel so good to be the good guy and be on the good side and to be fighting fascism by voting every two years and not knowing who your council person's name is. It has to feel so peaceful. Yeah. Yeah. Brunch is best. Uh, oh, uh, Grim, I see you just fine, by the way. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I see. I see your your shit's moving. Yeah, no, I mean, so much of I've said this before, but so much of liberalism is just, and I get it. Again, I I do not begrudge any of my liberal friends. I, I was a fucking liberal. America suffers for an immense lack of alternative narratives, right? Like if you're coming up and you're just like, God, I want to help. How do I do it? And they're like, tax credits for inner city schools. You're like, okay, you're smarter than me. That's that's the absolute best we can do. And they're like, yep. And you're like, fuck yeah, I'm going to give my all the tax credits for it. And it's just like, without any alternative, I, I, I get how you get there. And then once you land there and get comfortable, there's a real, again, there's that dichotomy where you go like, is this actually helping people or am I wasting my time? Am I spinning my wheels as society just becomes inherently uh, more pernicious in its framework and algorithms and fucking social contract. And obviously I decided yes. And so this is no longer sufficient. I need to go like an idiot stand in a white wall and have my fucking knee blasted by some guy who honestly probably was pretty funny in high school. We probably would have hung out. <laughs> the dude probably, probably had, did not respect his dad and threw some great parties. But I don't like when he fucking shatters my kneecap. I need that MCL. And it's like, you could go that way. But I absolutely get people who are just like, it is what it is, man. Like, you do your best. You love your family. You make a difference when you can. Try to vote for the right guy. And hey, if you could help him out by sending a couple bucks, that's extra right? That's a very popular way of, look, nobody picks the wrong religion. You know what I mean? Right. Like if you're a Christian, you're just like, wow, thank God I got this right. I'm so fucking good. And if you're a Muslim, you're just like, wow, 
Thank God I got this right. I'm so fucking good. And if you're Shinto, you're like, oh, man, I hope a frog with no forehead and water doesn't spill over and cause my nephew to have sex with me. I don't know much about Shinto. <laughs> I think but you pretty what, much nailed it. Yeah. I don't, there is a frog that has a hole in his head and the water can't, but it's either good or well, bad. Every frog has a hole in their head. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> well, their mouth. Oh. oh. Boo. I thought we were going somewhere way Fuck more you. interesting. <laughs> Fuck you, Grim. Don't bring up a frog fact and have it be some <laughs> bullshit like this. I'm pissed off. I'm trying to learn about frogs. And then you give me this bullshit? Why do you think people tune in? It's frog chat. I don't have good political ideas. <laughs> fuck. It's fucked. Anyway, we'll close on this. House Democrats on Friday failed to push through a last-minute extension of the federal eviction moratorium that expires Saturday, leaving town for a seven-week recess without holding a vote. If anyone's got Kristen Cinema shit, feel free. The 11th hour bid, which came as thousands of people may soon face the process of being forced from their homes, faltered amid caucus divisions. About a dozen House Democrats opposed the measure and were unwilling to budge, two senior Democratic aides told NBC News. Uh, definitely don't have the votes, one leadership aide said. House Speaker Nancy Nancy Pelosi. I, I love that typo. That is a typo. But if her name was Nancy Nancy Pelosi, like Boutros Boutros Galley, <laughs> that rules. <laughs> Uh, House Speaker Nancy Nancy Pelosi and the sponsor uh, Nancy, say it twice. Sorry, and the sponsor of a measure to extend the ban, Maxine Waters, were at odds Friday over whether to hold a vote to force members to make their positions publicly known. First of all, I'd like to condemn Maxine Waters for trying to force a vote. She knows better than to be racist in that manner. Uh, also. <laughs> I, I just love the idea that it's Republicans' problem when the leadership aides, Pelosi's own aides are, you know, on background saying, no, there's not enough Dems that want to vote for this. AOC went on, I think, Jake Tapper and went like, yeah, there's fucking two dozen Democrats that would, ne would never let an eviction moratorium uh, fucking continue. That's money out of donor pockets. So... Uh, are they really going on a seven-week recess? Is yeah. nothing going to move? Mm -hmm. No, 100%. I, uh, I, I have it confirmed. It's literally like I, just been the infrastructure bill. Yep. That's it. They, they haven't blatant. done anything. I'm well, just wondering, I mean, and you guys know this. We all know this. Everybody who's listening to this probably knows this. But, like, just from a basic PR perspective, right? Like, let's assume that we are hardcore dyed-in-the-wool Democrats and we believe in this shit. And can't you still, as a Democrat, admit that whether you agree, like, policy-wise, morally, ethically on what the Biden administration is doing, but just on a PR perspective, it fucking looks bad and you're breaking all of your promises, whether you're breaking them morally or not, visually from some dope who doesn't follow politics, which that's what you think that they are, right? It's just some fucking idiot who doesn't follow politics. Do you think that they're going to vote for you after you promised them a $2,000 check and you only gave them $1,400? Do you think they're going to vote for you after all the promises that you made continue not being and just. I actually, ironically, real, real quick, Grim, I love the fact, as Poppy said about um, 
like having to make excuses constantly. Because the thing is, you're a liberal for the optics, right? Like financially, and in terms of foreign policy, you could be a Republican just as easily. Like it, yeah. it doesn't yeah. fucking matter. So you're, you're, you're consuming the product that has a brand identity that you associate goodness with, and you want the reflected glory of the Democratic Party to be on you, right? That's why when people read uh, MLK Jr. on white moderates, they're just like, oh, that's, that's not me. We, I did civil rights. If you're a boomer, you literally believe you did civil rights because you have the reflected glory of whatever fucking thing the, uh, the, the Dems did. But I love now that the optics aren't working so much. Now, what is fucking extremely vocal online liberals' favorite thing to do? I'll answer that question. Complain about how they only date trash men and, and metal, metal bed frames and a poster of Uma Thurman from Pulp Fiction, even though in that photo, I would argue that is the pinnacle of the female form. Uh, and I have a master's of fine arts from the second best art school in the United States of America. So you have to listen to me. But I love the idea that now all of a sudden it's like the DNC is their shitty boyfriend that they will not leave just because of homeostasis, just because of fucking... Uh, uh, inertia. They have to go. They, I, it's no longer as fun. This was supposed to be fun. This was supposed to be back to brunch. And instead they have to go, uh, well, look, when he, when he said he was going to pay you back the whole, he, he meant, he meant like you get 600 on top of the 12. So when he said, okay, he said kids out of cages, but what you have to understand the realities they're in chain link, which aren't, cages so what is a cage he he hasn't really lied to us okay i am getting evicted but the thing is he's been through a lot and he's been busy and i'm sure you know if he could he'd do something for me he's not gonna put me on the on the street and it's just like poetic (laughs) i I mean terrible for all the people that suffer that are demographically and and socioeconomically exactly like me but you know it is a little funny that everyone is now in an abusive relationship with their own political party the, the irony is I don't disagree with anything any, you all are saying, but the dark heart of the issue is that's just the media people. And Biden's approval rating is fucking insane. His in-party approval rating is dropping at the lowest rate of any modern president. Yeah, he's so doing a it's great working. job. Like that's, yeah. it's, they, they did go to brunch. Their media people didn't uh, because they all have a variety of neuroses about David Foster Wallace. But the actual like voter base. Nobody even reads him. Why is that always the (laughs) go-to? Anybody who's making infinite jest fucking jokes. I just want to go like, tell me one thing about the book. It's not, it's not even. Yeah. He killed himself like right outside my high school. Yeah. He did it because of feminism. (laughs) That's why. He did it because a woman told him no. Yeah. You have to chew. Every time you make fun of infinite jest, that's actually ableism. And that's my take. And I will die on that hill. Uh, sorry, continue. No, but that's the, the whole problem is they don't like you're, you're saying they want better PR. They want no PR because right now they're slow. Like Biden's numbers are not dropping quick at all. They're, they're maintaining and and dropping very, very slowly. And that's what they want. They're gliding Mm -hmm. with style and it's going well for them right now. And that's all they see. And that's all they're going to see until something, you know, shakes it up. So does that, does that apply to everybody? Like, so seven week, uh, seven week congressional recess. It seemed like the media people were very mad about Kristen Cinema 
going like, hey, I have a vacation. I'm not going to break it. So well, She's I just don't... a fall guy. Everyone focuses on her and Mansion, but they're just fall guys. They're, there's like 15 of them that don't want to vote on any of this shit. It's just cinema like sexually gets off on it and like loves the little memes and the little gifts. And Mansion just also loves promoting that he's the guy who runs the Senate, you know? That's that's fucking amazing. Uh, I, I love the guy that's just like the whipping boy. He's just like, you know, this place would fall apart without me. No, it wouldn't. No, it absolutely wouldn't. Cinema, I, I have more appreciation for. Um, like, her whole political thing. Not because I think it makes life better for anybody. I think it's actually a huge net negative. But I like her because, again, I have no power. I will never have power. My enemies are all in power and my friends are all dead. So it's like, what do I have? And this week, the thing I had that that got me through uh, was cinema just rubbing. Kristen Cinema is the avatar of projection. She <laughs> is, and she is the person that tweets about like like how good the DNC is. She is like femme Brooklyn dad defiant. She has all the same impulses and desires and priorities, right? So when she gets up there and it's just like, oh, I missed the vote because I was at Sweet Green. They have the best salads. It tears people <laughs> up. It tears them up because they're like, they do have the best salads. Maybe I would have missed that. No, I wouldn't have missed that vote. I would have stuck it in. And then she shows up and goes, hey, I can't come for your like civil rights or house shit or whatever the fuck it is. I- I'm going to fucking Cabo. And, and and the fucking libs have to be like, oh, I'm mad, but I definitely would not break my fucking vacation plans. I have a verbo in Central America that I'm going to. And so, oh, I fucking hate this Christian cinema, but I can't tie it to anything that doesn't immediately reflect back on my whole persona. So, fuck. And it's, it's just delightful. I'm yeah. enjoying that. You should. It's all there is to enjoy. Also, like, you know, it's always nice to see a performative bisexual get dunked on. Am I right? (laughs) Raise your crew. So anyway, they're kicking everyone out of their houses uh, when they may or may not be about to do a lockdown. Uh, We'll move on to to, uh, what what are your COVID predictions? I don't want to spend too long on this because everybody does it. But here in New York, at least, everything, everything is about COVID is over masks off wherever you go don't worry too much about like boost like we are basically the desantis um we're the desantis fucking north now i mean in fairness our governor does a little bit more of the sexual assaulting than santis as far as anybody knows so in that in that way we're fucking uh, uh, a step behind florida somehow but we're like full open let's go delta isn't real it can't harm you and again i don't know if that's true or not because I now just do what the last person I bump into tells me to do. You tell me to put the mask on, it goes on. You tell me to take it off, it goes off. You tell me to get a fucking booster, I'll do it. If you're on the way, you say, don't get the booster, I won't do it. Because I no longer know how the fuck I'm supposed to parse any of this. Vaccination rates aren't going up. It doesn't seem to matter. In New York now, they'll pay you $100 if you go get vaccinated. Which, all blue city, right? We're hearing the Pelosi argument. It's so funny how nobody fucking puts together consistency. Pelosi's like, why should I fucking care about people that aren't me? So here in New York, where they're now giving $100 for a vaccination, people are like, I don't give a fuck. Vaccination only helps other people, right? Like, we're hurt. It's none of my fucking problem. 
And so we just are stalled. We're stalled everywhere, but the economy needs all of us to continue as if everything is completely fine. My question to you, where are you on the completely fine to fuck uh, uh, side of the spectrum? And uh, how are they handling things where you are? Graham as a Texan, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, so it's basically, it was mask off in Texas for um, five or six months where like no one had a mask on. It was just every, I mean, I wore one um, most of the time because I would be indoors, but it, it was not super common at all. Um, some workers at some food places did, but a lot of places stopped doing it. Um, but it's kind of returned. It's about 50-50 right now. I went to, to Costco yesterday, actually. Um, and uh, it's about 50-50 in the Costco for masks. All my buds who work in the medical, uh, uh, who work um, in the medical field here, just say Delta is just ripping through everything. And they're they're basically describing it as good and bad. Um, bad in the obvious death, and uh, but good in the speed because... There's really nothing to be done. It's just, it's going to rip through. And that's kind of all of their attitudes at this point is, you know, our response time is slower than the entire thing is going to be in terms of how it works through every community. So that's kind of where they're at. So it's just, it's going to happen. So it's going to be bad. And it's going to happen so quickly that there's really nothing you can do to stop it. So uh, like, I guess yeah. we just let it happen they're basically saying like, it's like four months worth of stuff happening in one month. So in three months, it'll be like the entire year of COVID in terms of like how many people are catching it. And yeah. Yeah. Cause it's apparently just that much easier to get and that much more viral. But isn't the whole point that you catch it, but you don't die from it. So it becomes like a flu because you have well, your shot. I mean, it is, but it's also like, if you're not vaccinated, your chance of getting seriously injured goes through the roof. And a lot of people aren't vaccinated of um, all of the, uh, again, because all politics now is projection because no one can offer anything material to anyone because we gave up on that a long time ago. Um, everyone's that, like yeah. thinking it's their racist uncle who's the one not wearing mask and not getting vaccinated. But in the reality, it's just poor people, you know, in terms of racially, it's it's black people and Hispanic people who are not getting vaccinated. They're not doing it because they're racist. They're not doing it because they can't miss work. Yeah, there's in in New York, and this is something. I hate liberals, but so in New York, uh, they have the heat map of where people are getting vaccinated, and all the white neighborhoods are like one hundred percent, and <laughs> all of the the black and Latin neighborhoods are not. We'll leave it at that, right? And it's been such a uh, again. I have I. I would be lying if I said I take no pleasure in it. I take the the sort of fatalist losers bracket pleasure in the fact that like you're starting to see these like New York liberals who are like, okay, so basically okay with the housing uh, moratorium expiring. You don't give a shit about student loans. Uh, you think that uh, Florida shouldn't get any federal funds because they went red you laughed at Texans when they were fucking freezing to death in their homes and burying their grandmothers and shit. And now, you know, you excuse the fucking checks as being like the best we can do. And now you're looking at this heat map and it's been fascinating to see, uh, 
the the liberal side be considerably more out and out racist than the right wing because the right wing are looking at those maps and going like yeah glad someone isn't fucking putting the microchip in you know like it's there are reasons of personal fucking responsibility or accountability or whatever do i personally believe you should not be vaccinated uh i think you should probably get vaccinated i did it sucked for two days and you know now things are, are pretty solid but like the right wing looks at that map and goes like, yeah, I'm glad people are making smart individual choices. Liberals in New York City, it's been fucking astonishing how quickly they've looked at Jewish communities and black communities and Latin communities and gone, these pieces of absolute shit. When are they going to get their shit together? We can't keep carrying these people. This is like Florida all over again. We do everything right for these people and they can't get it together. We're giving them a hundred dollars. They can what go, go buy yourself a new phone card. Like the amount of straight up. Look, I'm a guy that for a while had Dixie as my morning alarm because I didn't know that that's the forsaken bop. That's actually a bad thing. I don't do it anymore. And I'm telling you that from that upbringing, I'm, I'm from Florida and I'm hearing some fucking toe curling racism out of New York liberals right now, because yes, the people who are not vaccinated are a good amount of the people that simply cannot afford to just fuck off and go get it and then fuck off and and recover for two days when it fucks you up. And it's like, Oh, if it isn't the old consequence fairy, the, the fucking consequences of my actions and political project coming home to roost. Well, I'm still mad about it. I mean, it's it's people in like restaurants like bullshitting and make and being like, what can we do to fix these communities? Because they're clearly have these problems, and you know they're assholes for not getting vaccinated. Meanwhile, all their servers in said restaurant are the people who are not vaccinated because they can't fucking leave that restaurant because a hundred dollars is not going to replace a lost job. No, it's like if you could just stop your addiction to fucking arugula, chickpeas, and avocado for fucking three days, everyone could go get vaccinated. That's just not going to happen, is it? Because, you know, chickpeas are one of your fucking cheat carbs. Uh, It's brutal. (laughs) It's very fucking uh, annoying. How are things going in Cali? And then uh, Poppy, Poppy, what's Poppy Chulo mean, by the way? (laughs) That means pimp daddy in Spanish. Oh, okay. So we're... We're both stealing. Also- we're stealing gender val- uh, valor is what we're doing. I appreciate that. You're mm-hmm. you're posing as a, a big pimp online, and I'm posing as Jungwa from Exit. Really, the visual and possibly <laughs> the bias. But so what's happening in California? And then, of course, you are from uh, you are Catalan. So what's going on in Catalonia? I cannot believe you. Anyway, okay. I haven't been keeping up on California that much because I've been in the Basque country, which is where I'm from because I'm Basque. That's like a different sort of Catalonia. Yep, that's right. That's a demi-Catalonia. Um, I support their independence and I, I wish you the best of self-determination. What's been California. going on in Madrid is a, is a shambles. Mm-hmm, that's right. Um, California, I haven't been keeping that much up on recently. Um, Gavin Newsom, when he reopened the state in uh, June, he like got up on a stage and they like lit off like little sparklers and had like confetti cannons. And he was like, California is reopened. And since then, we've had a 500% increase in cases um, from one month to the next. 
Um, <laughs> so it's not going too well in California. They're, they've been doing the same thing that they've been doing basically the whole pandemic, which was at the very beginning, before anybody else did anything anywhere else in the country, like Andrew Cuomo and Gavin Newsom were the first two to like lock down their states and say something has to be done. And everybody was sitting there going, oh my gosh, look at these two future presidents. Like, look at them. If they manage to, you know, do this one right, their political future is going to be something to behold. And then they both fucked it up incredibly. Um, Andrew Cuomo by, you know, killing like 10,000 old people and also sexually harassing everybody within a 200 radius like 200 foot radius and then gavin newsom by like flip-flopping back and forth he I was, let me just let me just throw out there this is very small this is like a little teaser um if anyone has any question as to the allegations against cuomo like well would you really be the governor and like spend time uh uh hitting on your fucking 21 year old cornell interns as if like you're at a middle school dance. Would he really, would the, one of the most powerful men in America do that? Uh, yes, he would. Cuomo personally uh, tried to derail my career. He picked up a phone and said, I, we need to talk about Rob once. That is the level of petty this fucking guy is. So, yeah. I can't Not believe a whole an Italian of... would be that petty. <laughs> what did the <laughs> polls ever do to, to Italy? I've done nothing to his people. I've done. Actually, you know what? I don't. I don't respect Columbus Day. That's probably sufficient. If I've learned anything from American politics, it's insufficient reverence paid towards Columbus is the worst thing. But yes, the the rising stars of Gavin, the Olympics are great. Newsom and uh, uh, Andy. Well, you'll I'll tell you what. You certainly look busty this morning, Cuomo. Ew. Uh, <laughs> this is what we deal with. That's part of the part of the reason people hate the MTA is because fucking Cuomo walks through the you're not supposed to go through the doors. But every morning he comes through the doors and says, looking beautiful, toots, and blows a little kiss at all of us. Nobody likes it, but he's governor and Cynthia Nixon didn't have enough experience. So I'm sorry. What's <laughs> what's what's going on in uh, Catalonia? <laughs> I hate you. Um, the Basque country is uh, having the same problem that, I mean, the Basque country in Spain at large is having the same problem that most of the Western European countries are having, which is- The men are too gay. Yes. <laughs> which is, again, on both facets, similar to what's going on in California, the flip-flopping the and anymore. the gay men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, they've, they've just been going back and forth. Like my, my entire family lives here and my mom and I have been struggling all year trying to figure out what the like policies are for entering and exiting countries, Denmark specifically, because my grandpa's sister lives in a nursing home there and she's all alone and we're her only family and we couldn't come visit her. And just a whole bunch of going back and forth and saying, oh, maybe now we can buy tickets. And then three days later, like, oh, never mind, you can't buy tickets. Do you need a vaccine card? Do you need a PCR uh, antigen test? Do you need both? Do you just just back and forth over and over? Nobody knows. Nobody knows what they're doing. And in the Basque country, they've been having issues now that they've had a pretty high vaccination rate. Um, they started really slow. They couldn't get the vaccines into people's arms through bad logistics compared to the rest of Spain. But now, as the months have gone past, they have higher vaccination rates than the rest of Spain. However, with the Delta variant, of course, like vaccine or uh, cases are going up again. Um, and part of the thing is they're they're blaming all the young people. 
They're blaming all the young people and saying, all these young people, they can't control themselves. They have to go out and party with their friends, blah, blah, blah. But of course, when everybody over the age of 45 has been vaccinated, then the only people who are left to catch the thing are the young people. And so just like on a logical basis, that makes no sense. But there's they they just now, again, um, Spain being a country where bars are open until like 6 a.m. on the weekends, they've had them closed all year and they were just open just now. They were open until two and now they've just closed it again to be open until one. They've just uh, re like initiated the mask program, but only halfway in that you're not required to wear a mask in the street. However, you are required to wear a mask in high transited urban areas, but nobody has specified what a high transited urban area is, which just other, leads you other than your to... dad's ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's your it's your your pa. It's a mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a, I guess it's a joke where your dad gets fucked in the ass. I guess, I guess it is. What, I guess that's what we're working with. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Gets fucked in the ass a lot, specifically. That's not even really a joke. Highly transitive. <laughs> that mm-hmm. that's just good for him. Good for him. You know, you 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 go down to the telephone pole. You you put out your flyer. You maybe get two or three guys. He is one of the most highly. His ass is showing up on COVID heat maps. That's incredible. <laughs> so so it's the highly transited areas. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's a... zones, if you <laughs> you're so gross. It's not my dad. Doesn't bother me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to imagine. I'm, I'm aware. I've got the default oh, loading bro. screen right now. I'm doing great. Jesus I'm drinking Christ. Spanish. This one's to your dad. Uh, <laughs> so what's going on? No, Again, that... I, I want to learn about Valencia. Just tell me. <laughs> They're just flip-flopping the same way that they are in California. They're not outward, like outright denying it and ignoring that anything's happening in New York. They keep saying like, oh, everything's really, really bad. But they're really showcasing like the hypocrisies in, I guess, the capitalist system or whatever you might want to call it. Um, in that things like things like bars and restaurants and places where people go to have fun and like blow off some steam in their shitty fucking lives. All of those are super, super regulated down to like the fucking millisecond and like by the number of breaths that each person exhales while within the establishment. Meanwhile, the bus and the train factories, uh, one of the train, one of the factories that my friend works at, um, they do buses there. They just had 40, yeah, 40 cases in one week, like three weeks ago. Nobody shut the bus factory down because they're producing something for the boss, right? And that has to keep on going. There's no COVID in the factories, but there's COVID in the restaurants and in the bars. So it's just people are really fed up and it's making them become like kind of truthers, like COVID truthers where they're saying like, Because what you see is a bunch of politicians who are using like the like the follow the science like ideology, but not actually following the science themselves. And so you just see a bunch of politicians making everybody's lives worse for what appears to be no reason at all. And then you get people going in the opposite direction and saying, well, you know what? I'm fucking over it. COVID's done. I don't care. I'm not wearing a mask ever again. And you know what? I'm not going to get vaccinated because this is bullshit. 
And I just don't I don't trust the government because God knows that the Basque country is an area where uh, trust in the government is uh, at an all time low for right. historical reasons. Right. And so oh, I don't know. I, I think when you were getting owned by communists and fascists, both that's that was a pretty low point for trusting other people. Right. <laughs> You know, also uh, global supply chain, the buses and trains they make. I don't know about if it's Basque specifically, but in Spain, that's what uh, fuels Metro uh, DC. Really? Yeah, that is Guff yeah. and Bassain. I have friends who have built trains that are running in DC right now. That yep. explains why they fucking just stall for like 45 minutes in the middle of the day, huh? <laughs> it's a Spanish siesta joke. <laughs> Your people are lazy, not like mine. <laughs> The ingenuous poles. Ingenuous? No, what's the... We can't speak, but we can fix your toilet. Fuck you. Uh, some some places are taking it quite seriously, though. You were telling me that the... I didn't even know it was called this. Uh, if this is the Daily Show right now, uh, imagine I look impeccably smug, as I should be, because I make $14.9 million a year. Right now, the graphic says, bees in the trap. And bees is spelled B-I-S-E because it's a pun on how the French are are. It's not a good pun, but it's the best fourteen point nine mil in a staff of fifty one can buy. Doesn't rock the boat. I guess bees is the thing that happens in France where you do the the little kiss on the cheeks. It's like a way of greeting that's like been around Bessos? for like. Yeah, it, it's been around for centuries, and I guess it's going out of style because of the pandemic. What, what were you saying, uh, Poppy? No, it was just a really funny uh, article in the Times that I saw where they were like, "Is the bees going out of style?" And they just they quoted like two dudes in the government who were like, "You know, it's probably better not to greet people by kissing them when there's an aerosol pandemic virus going on, right?" And and like and then also like one guy that they found on the street who was like. Yeah, I've always thought it was kind of icky, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. Meanwhile, I was just in France. People are stumbling upon each other in the street with their masks on and still giving each other, greeting each other with kisses with their masks on. And that's what we're doing in Spain, too. Like, it's very clear that, like, the customs aren't going anywhere. But I thought it was so funny how the New York Times was like, yeah, like, are the French going to stop giving each other kisses? Are they going to stop being French because of the virus? It's like I, I love that uh, totally unintentionally. I've always worried, or not worried. Yeah, that's what I've <laughs> I'm worried about this. Like, could there be a person out there so sick that they would actually use instead of just curtailing the behavior and saying, you know what, I'll just go home. This is weird. Are there people that would actually use a dental dam? And I, to this day, I always thought like, no, that person doesn't exist. It's a mythological person. This is like creating forks that repel bears. Like we, we as a collective mythos, we believe that there is a type of birth control uh, for women that people are using and that, that protects you. Uh, and I just never really got it. But the idea of French people being so committed to the beast that they're wearing a fucking divider on their lips and they're still like you so good to see you it's incredible to me <laughs> that is a commitment that is a commitment to your traditional ways in the covid era that's honestly astonishing because germany is germany's fucking you know they're very efficient they they don't put up with that shit poland 
Uh, similarly, more cowardly than, than the French. That's almost never the case because in Poland, the traditional greeting, we don't do the beast thing. Usually if someone visits your house, this is some, this, even Polish Americans do this. If someone visits your house, usually the day before you get some sprig of time and you go in the forest and you grab a satyr and you take the satyr by his hooves. And when your guest enters, you smack his bottom and little fragrant uh, scents and, and sounds come out. And then if you've done it efficiently, he does a little jig for you and shares with you his sweetmeats. Nobody's doing that anymore. If you have Polish friends, you haven't seen a satyr probably since this whole thing started. So it's just, I, I love that people like the beast. They like the cheek kiss so much that they're willing to... to incorporate prophylactic measures good for them yeah they're doing that in texas too oh are they the, yeah. the kiss do people in texas do the kiss well specifically hispanic people yeah i did not know that is that a latin oh, yeah. thing that's yeah. a hispanic kiss? thing it yeah comes, it's a spanish thing i don't think that's a cuban thing I've, it is I've a never cuban. i've never seen a uh, miami person do that in my life I mean, I've I've had Cubans who did that with me, so maybe it was just in Texas. Of, yeah, in Texas. Okay. Maybe they know, just maybe... didn't want to kiss you. Uh, I mean, that's that's totally valid. That's totally valid. Also, um, maybe they were too short too. What's that? Maybe they were too short too. That's it. Could be that too. You know also, what? It possibility. Could, it, it could also be that I'm dealing with the Gusanu. Uh, Gusanu. That's that's the anime. That's when Goku and a Gasanu merge. Yeah, I wish for Cuban independence on this Dragon Ball. (laughs) Don't look embarrassed, Poppy. I'm doing my job right now. Uh, Look, it could just be that Gasanus have less uh, appreciation for their fellow human beings. But no, I just... I think that's that's great. Um, me personally, I'm afraid of the the beast. This is this is genuinely true. I had an aunt in South Florida, who I love. I she's the coolest person I've ever met. Okay, married into the family. I remember I was like nine years old at one point, and I was sitting in their NASCAR collectible room. Those of you there from Florida know about that. It's usually between the kitchen, the dining room, and the parlor. So there are 400 aluminum cars of all the, and of course they are all signed. Jimmy Johnson, uh, he's never done anything wrong, n- never been charged with murdering that one guy on the track. Uh, I was sitting in the NASCAR room, and I was playing. It might have been RuneScape, could have been Mist, and my aunt came in, and she told me, "You know what? If you like this stuff, you should get a computer job." Because the key to life is you find what you love and then you do it and you'll never work a day. And I was like, okay, that's pretty, pretty good advice. And she continued, I love the Miami Dolphins, NASCAR, and Walt Disney World. So with my life, I'm going to work for all of them. And I was like, okay, that's, that's pretty cool. And then she fucking did it. She like <laughs> bought an RV and just traveled so that she would be able to work for the Miami Dolphins, NASCAR, and Walt Disney World. Oh, that rolls so much. That so, one is yeah, a hero. She's the smartest person in our family, right? Like, the yeah. respect she has. No one, first of all, we all have ideas that are maybe not everyone's cup of tea. But because we're 
overwhelmingly Slavic. Remember, she married into the family, so she's got the Anglo thing going on. Uh, we just go like, well, that'd be nice, but I'm not going to do it. And even if I did, I wouldn't deserve it anyway. I wish I was dead. She's an inspiration to all of us. One day, she just decided she was going to start doing the French beast thing. So you just should, nobody's ever done this, but she just started doing like the, the, the kisses thing. And my family, the, the thing you have to realize is we don't have like secrets. We are, we are just fatalist direct slobs. We canceled Christmas. The family had a meeting one year and said, I don't like Christmas to you. And they said, no, oh, bit of a fucking pain. And it's like, the kids don't remember it. Right. It's like, nah. And then their presence, they never even seem appreciative. It's like, well, how the fuck am I supposed to know what a kid wants? Either they want Star Wars or those little sticks <laughs> that fucking juggle. I don't know what they fucking want. And the girls, I'm just giving them cash anyway. And then you're giving my kids cash. What's the fucking point of this ritual? Why don't we just cancel Christmas? And when I was eight, they just canceled Christmas <laughs> on the entire family tree. Okay. That was the most urgent thing in terms of like family councils up until my aunt started kissing people on the cheek, like a French person. <laughs> and we had to this. I remember this clear as day. We had a meeting outside while we were deep frying one of the Thanksgiving turkeys. We we're just like, what am I supposed to do when she does that? Are, am I supposed to hit when she's here? Am I kissing? Am I kissing her? Do I turn and kiss the cheek? Am I kissing the air? Do I just like, is this one thing where she does all the action and a group of, of men who were born and raised in Florida, New Jersey and Katowice all sat around a deep fried Turkey, giving each other practice pieces until we were confident enough to return to the party. So I, I, I understand the attachment. Like once you know how to do it, it's a lot of fun. You, you know, it makes you, it makes you seem very cool and connected. I'm happy for the French. Uh, I'm not happy for the state of COVID. Um, there was a video that went around recently that was, as far as I can tell, just a, what do you call them? Backhoes? Is that what it's called? Or a crate. I can't remember what it was, but I think it was it's a backhoe. A crate, yeah. I think, has to go up and, and come down. I think a backhoe is has the bulldozer on one side and the or maybe that's anyway. I saw a video where a guy in a fucking construction equipment thing fucks up an apartment complex and breaks it all up. And and I was told that that spoke to you in some way, Grim. What the fuck is that about? Uh, yeah, he wasn't paid by a developer, and uh, it's not uncommon. Um, it's just something that happens all the time, but it gets pretty aggravating uh, for everyone down the line. It also like ruins confidence in everyone else who's like working on the same building. It's not like people aren't talking. So uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty fucked up. And I've uh, I've not gone that far, but I've gone like right up until that point before for some guys in Potomac um, who uh, were going bankrupt and didn't tell any other developers. And mm -hmm. I brought a flatbed and a dozen guys, and we were getting ready to rip all the the stone off their walls. Because uh, we imported natural stone from Egypt. Wow, imperialism. I, why are you so proud of that? From Egypt? Yeah. Wow, what are you, the British Museum? Yeah, literally, <laughs> that's, yes. The, I think, the, I think the, the matriarch worked for the Smithsonian. I would love, by the way, a Florida subcontractor that where the name, because it's good alphabetically, is just British Museum. 
And they, they're just a little too clever for everyone. So they're just like, <laughs> we're the British Museum. We import all our stone from abroad. And everyone's just like, I, I don't know what that means. Do you have black marble? Because I really want to fuck in my common area. It's like, yeah, great. <laughs> but Elgin marbles, right? And they're just shut the fuck up. Unless I can put them up my ass. I don't want to hear it from you. How much is this job? Uh, yeah, I'm very happy uh, that that real estate dipshit uh, is project ruined by not paying people. It's incredible oh, totally. what you can accomplish when you just do the thing. It's amazing. Yeah, it's what everyone thought Killdozer was until there was like more clarifying information on Killdozer later. Can you please hit me with that? For context, Poppy, you don't, you don't know what this is because mm-hmm. um, you are someone that really was too young for the Harry Potter series when it came out. So you might have you might have missed you know this. What? I don't want to I don't want to talk about that. So let's yeah, just that, continue with fine. the podcast. I know it's something that lives with you. Uh Killdozer <laughs> was a something awful meme. Basically a guy got I think a basic bulldozer. I don't think he went full luxury package on the bulldozer. And yeah. then he took slabs of metal and he covered all of the like air holes. Uh, uh, it was metal and cement. It was reinforced cement. He tied yeah. on so he made basically a war wagon and he just one day went, you know what? I'm sick of this bullshit and just drove it through everything. You could shoot at it. And here's the thing about concrete and steel. You could shoot that shit all day. He just kept riding. It was really the Paul Revere of our era. Uh, unproblematic, great man. But I have a feeling, Grim, that's what was the more that came out? And do I want to know? You don't because it ruins all the magic and it's it's so much more upsetting. He was like a small business tyrant and they basically were trying to like buy him out for access to a single road. They even offered to build him a road that went around and they were kind of like, hey, man, you, ha- you got to take the, the buyout. It, he bought a business for like $20,000 and they were offering him like half a million dollars to like as well as free construction to reroute a road for him. And he kept saying no. Because he want the whole thing was he wanted more money, like he was mad about the the cash end of the, the scale. But the guy was extremely wealthy, which explains- he could build a killdozer. Yeah, exactly, we don't love to build killdozers. <laughs> we don't because it's not financially viable. Yes, that that's pretty much what it comes down to. He had a fifty cal in the killdozer, so it like had munitions and um, pretty expensive ones too. That rules firing a fifty cal. In a sealed concrete room, <laughs> just scrambling your own brain, just increasing the difficulty with every trigger pull. Love that. Yeah, it's also like he kept like uh, he was illegally dumping sewage on his lot. So it was one of those things where uh, he had an illegal and it was like causing problems. Like it was like causing actual like septic system and erosion problems. And uh, that's part of what happened was they were like, hey, it also looks like you need a sewage system built. We will build it for you for free, get you the half million dollars, bring your whole business up to code, get you road access. And he was like, "Ah, I got something they want. And after like three or four years of him saying yes and no over and over again and never signing, they basically just like eminent domained him. And uh, that's when he kind of lost it. Look, money is one thing, but if you already have employees that, as a matter of life and death, have to rely on you and listen to everything you say and, frankly, fear you, if they wake up and their body is failing, they need to be anxious and call you and say, please, sir, please do do not damn me. Let me have one day where you don't pay me. Please, I'm sorry. 
that's seductive. I get it. You can get a buyout, but unless you start another business, you're not going to get that again. So well, that's the thing. His business would have still existed. It was literally just access to one road, and they were going to build him an entirely different road from a different angle. That's such a bummer. That's like, what do they call that? Milkshake duck? Yes. That's like when I found out, like, remember Goatsy? A lot of people know Goatsy. Yes. Goatsy's I, it wonderful. wasn't until this year I, I realized that was BB Netanyahu. <laughs> no, it's Ehud Barak. You're being racist. It's still, that's not what I heard. I'm just reporting. <laughs> I'm just reporting what I heard. He has a ring. It's, anyway. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> we can move on to this is okay so uh it, look it, uh, so i guess you used to do construction masonry you were unionized right you understand that like unions are good no i wanted to be unionized i actually was working an ununion shop why were you doing that you piece of shit fuck you i can't <laughs> listen to you now you're canceled goodbye I was trying to get into a union shop in Baltimore. It was actually the guys who offered to build the MLK Memorial at cost. It, the, it's owned Those by guys, a guy. That seems cool. Yeah. He, the guy who owned it walked with MLK in the million man mark. Like, like when I say with him, I mean like for like, there's pictures of him holding MLK's hand as like a kid. And, uh, and then they hired Chinese developers who like sent over like a bunch of, uh, they sent over like three or four, uh, uh, like RVs, and it was just like twenty guys living out of like three RVs making the MLK monument. So yeah, they didn't get that contract. Uh, you know, rest in peace to my, I, I assume, very Polish union shop. Uh, very, uh, it was black owned, but yeah, it was pretty Polish and Irish. I like to think that there's always one Frank Sabatka, you know, like the Dalai Lama. And anytime an anytime a new anytime a union man has a new child, they they lay kielbasa, bratwurst, uh, uh, pierogi, uh, anti-Semitism, and scratching your balls in front of them, and they just see which way he goes. And if he lands with an, with enough immediacy on scratching your balls, that's the new Frank Sabatka. I don't know. I don't know if this was explained to you when you were dealing with your Baltimore union people, but. No, it's really never. Uh, I'll tell you who really needs a union, though, is fucking Activision Blizzard. Do either of you know anything about this, or is it storytelling time? Well, you know what? I found out because then I had to delete all my pictures of my Cosby suite, and it caused a lot of problems for me personally. Yeah. Okay, so here's what happened. Poppy, I'm sorry. You might have to hold your ears for this. It's about to get real nerdy in here. Uh, so It's about to. Activision Blizzard. <laughs> Activision is Call of Duty. Okay. Blizzard okay. is was once considered the best gaming company. I mean like the Lil Sebastian of gaming companies. Everyone loved Blizzard. They made Warcraft, they made Diablo, they made StarCraft, and most they made Hearthstone. Uh, most successfully though, I think they also made Heroes of the Storm, which if you were like yeah, he's forgotten here are the storms. Leave and never come back. You are not welcome here, you pervert. But so they made World of Warcraft, which for like what a decade and a half at least has been the game. Right? Like if you are into big online games where a million people play, a lot of people like World of Warcraft. There's a lot of people that like I played it in college with Brett. Uh I, I was a, a priest, he was a, a rogue, so he would backstab and then I'd heal him when he got hit. It's, it's very cool. It's fun. It's a fun game. Uh, or at least it used to be 
Now, 15 years in, it turns out the state of California is bringing a suit against Activision Blizzard because they are, what was it like, NivX or Nivea? What was that New York like sex cult recently, Graham? Nixium. Nexium. No, Nexium is for heartburn. Nixium is for. Uh, it, it's pronounced uh, both ways. It's a fake crimes. word. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. If I had heartburn, sex crimes might make me feel a little better. I don't. I don't know. There are a lot of people in that organization. But so uh, they basically were that for the West Coast and gaming. Uh, it turns out they would have drunken in-office cubicle crawls where they would just go from cubicle to cubicle, cubicle sexually harassing people. Um, they were sharing nudes and harassing female employees. Uh, at one point, they had a retreat. And one of the leads in the office, like a, one of the big officers, uh, brought a butt plug with him to shove into one of the female employees who then later killed herself. And they shared photos of her exposed vagina amongst all the guys uh, at Blizzard. These are the people making World of Warcraft. Anyway, she's fucking dead. Uh, they had a Cosby suite when they would do live events, which was a small room where extremely inebriated people would call uh, fans in and do sexual assaults on them over a framed photo of Bill Cosby. Uh, reached for a comment this week. Uh, one of the former uh, project lead CEOs, whatever, said very convincingly, I had no idea about any of this. I didn't know what the Cosby suite meant. This is a photo of me and nine guys all with shit-eating grins with our arms around each other underneath a photo of Bill Cosby. And when I took that photo, I, I thought that was kind of funny because he's he's so milk toast. He's just the jello guy. I didn't know that there had been multiple people sexually assaulted in that room. Uh, not for nothing. That's not convincing anybody. So the right. state of California is literally suing uh, one of the largest and most celebrated gaming companies because they have been absolutely comporting themselves like not even like a good fraternity, like a SIG EP tier fraternity. Vice. <laughs> yeah, that's one. That's, that's one for your, the, the tri-delts in the audience, I guess. Um, Shut the fuck up. I would never have been a tri-delt. I don't know what that you? means. So it doesn't matter. How uh, dare you? Can you please stop talking about fraternity shit while I'm trying to deep dive on sexual assault, please? Thank you. Uh, Vice recently discovered that one of the workers, one of the IT workers, which, by the way, we talked about this with the Airbnb stuff, was literally hiding uh, webcams in the bathroom so he could watch women piss and shit at the company. And so all of this, uh, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say pretty bad right? Maybe deserves some amount of, sorry, maybe deserves some amount of like soul searching and for the love of God, let's, let's not do this. Uh, Blizzard decided that they needed legal representation. They went with Wilmer Hale. <laughs> I did I not know that detail. So if you're familiar with uh, Wilmer Hale, uh, Kodak, who is the, the lead there, says a law firm called Wilmer Hale will immediately review the company's policies to promote a respectful and inclusive workplace that Activision Blizzard will continue to investigate each and every claim and will not hesitate to take decisive action. 
uh, that it will fire anyone found to have impeded the integrity of our processes, and we'll be evaluating claims that will ensure hiring managers are considering diverse slates of candidates for open jobs. Um, so here is a literal uh, sex crime situation. Blizzard's reaction was to hire a law firm to help them improve diversity. So point one, that wasn't the problem. I mean, it was also a problem, but this shows the sort of like, I know you aren't paying attention anyway. You don't even know what the issue is. So if I say this is a pro-diversity measure, that's good, right? Uh, which is cynical, but like maybe there's some net good there. There's not because they aren't actually evaluating the company for diversity because that's not where they're facing liability from the state. Uh, Wilmer Hale is Amazon's union-busting law firm. What happened after the sexual assault stuff came out and the literal death of their employee uh, is they hired the union-busting firm because their employees and all their female employees walked out the other day. They took collective action and walked out. And so Blizzard's response is, well, we need to make sure this never fucking happens again. So they hired Wilmer Hale, the union busters, who also, by the way, drafted the initial set of workplace regulations under which all of this was allowed to happen in the first place. So they went back to the well on the people that created the toxic environment to perpetuate a toxic environment, to make a stab at diversity that is entirely illusory, and to make sure that the walkout, the negative PR, never happens again uh, and, and that the workers are appropriately uh, coaxed back into their cubicles for, I assume, the next cubicle crawl. Uh, that's bad, right? We're all on the same page. Pretty bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So Blizzard decides we're going to really look ourselves, we're going to take a hard look in the mirror and start start dealing with this this harassment stuff. I mean, this is really a toxic workplace harassment problem. Uh, in the same vein of how they, they handled their employees' complaints with union busting, I, this, is, this is so poetic. Uh, they instituted an anti-harassment campaign in World of Warcraft, right? So you would think, oh, okay, so it's like a language filter. There's now, they hired more GMs, game masters. So if someone is like, griefing you, being rude to you, saying racial slurs, you can report that and and now it's a safer space in the virtual world. You know, your employees are going through hell, but the virtual world is safer. Uh, that is not what the anti-harassment policy did. You can, and this has been tested, say any racial slur you want. You want to throw a hard R on that uh, anti-black uh, slur? You are free to do that in the world of Warcraft. What there is now a filter on is the emote slash spit. So in these games, they're social, right? So if you put a slash before an action, your character will do it. Uh, in World of Warcraft, one of their main sources of income... Look, I feel like Poppy is about to fall asleep right now in front of me. <laughs> I am not. I'm listening. Walk around the room or something. Look, this, I'm I'll be listening. Honest, this is not for you. It's better if you don't hear it. <laughs> I'm just saying, just, you know. Let's get rid of the woman. Manage your affair. We're just a couple boys want to talk about gaming. That's and right. Without saying a word, she's disrupting it. This is the sort of shit. Our I'm, presence I'm, here is too political. 
this is sympathy for Blizzard right now. This is a bl- real, real <laughs> Blizzard pick, bro. Uh, so anyway, uh, they banned not uh, sexist slurs, not racial slurs. They banned slash spit because what had happened is there has been, as you might expect, a huge boycott of Blizzard. Employees walking out, people ripping. All the people on Twitch, they're like, hey, it, it's your boy, Sniper Killer 24, uh, Orc 69. Check out the lore on Sylvanas. It turns out the elf does serve. Like, really just deep cut shit, you know? All those people are, are bailing. They don't want to support the company anymore. And uh, the game itself is shit. And so the way they've been sustaining themselves is selling real money items. So, like, you could buy ironically, like a giant whale for $50 that you could then fly around World of Warcraft and everyone like, look at you. And hey, wow, look at that guy. It's fucking impossible to miss. Basically, you could be a Bezos. You could be fucking Jeff Bezos and shoot into space and everyone has to go like, wow, I guess that guy has a lot of money. And people in game as a way of railing against Blizzard were doing the spit emote at the whales that buy all the shit in the real money auction house. Like both... Uh, before and now especially where you're giving money to a company that prom- literally just looks the other way on sexual assault. It seems like everybody in there is is in some way culpable. They didn't like the fact that their rich people were being harassed in-game with that emote. So their anti-harassment policy is to protect real money spenders so that they can continue to buy big-ticket items without being uh, uh, shamed for being wealthy in game uh it it just goes to show that at at the end of the day like this this, all the social justice stuff is important but when it comes to the bottom line they hire a union buster and they make sure you don't harass the big spenders in game and it has been horrible what, what caused this certainly but a little bit delightful uh in that all these people that for 15 years has been playing a shit game called world of warcraft have been coming over to uh, an actual alternative, right? Final Fantasy. Uh, And it's been great. I said earlier that uh, it's been amazing watching the Red Bulls and Slurs uh, Twitch crowd, for lack of a better term, uh, jump into Final Fantasy. And within two weeks, so these are the guys that are just like, well, fucking poggers suck my dick, bitch. Like, Like, in the WoW culture, from the WoW employees, like, to see them all join Final Fantasy and then within two weeks, just like in that much sweeter, more collaborative, like pro-labor culture, all of them are like, ter- the, the behavioral norms are turning them towards fitting in better with the community. Like they're literally behaving better. I've enjoyed over the last week, again, so dorky, but I'm watching all these like hardened pro-Counter-Strike phase clan gamers like weeping over an emotional scene between a cat girl and an elf. Like I, I've the, the they've, they've so all the streamers that have come to final fantasy, they've been amazed that like the community is nice. This comes from the story. Actually, the story is one of the most progressive. If you haven't totally tossed that word out, it's all about how it doesn't matter how famous or important you are. Labor builds trust and trust is how you build movements. So it's a game where people are just saying, go outside meet your community and build trust with one after the next until they decide that your project is worth pursuing. 
And so there's been all these great, like just people getting together and doing these spontaneous bottom up events to welcome people into their community. And where I'm going to make it about socialism for a little bit is I, I think a thing people often overlook is that being part of a community is good and fun, right? Like people that have only ever read fucking Deleuze, Kropotkin, Gaudieri, and, and fucking uh, Parenti, they have everything in their head, but it, it's like a, a stand-up comic going to an open night that has all these great jokes in their head. You actually have to like go outside and, and fucking do it. Uh, don't be afraid. As you can see here, once you actually find community, it's fucking lovely. It's way better than being an isolated Uberman or whatever the fuck, right? And so much, I think, of American politics, the reason people remain alienated and isolated is because there's just not an alternate narrative that is pro-social, pro-community. We have socialism and communism, but people think that's about uh, punching you in the face and telling you what sort of haircut you can have. Uh, I've been really encouraged seeing these people that are literal slur sayers, professional slur sayers. And once they find friends from a game that they are now making social justice critiques of, it, it's been so funny to see guys that are former gamer gators taking a right wing, uh, uh, empathetic take, somewhat empathetic take uh, on game development. All the people are just like, why can't we see Sophia's tits? are now like, you know why the game is bad? It's because the employees, they don't care about your concerns in game because they got a fucking creeper rubbing their back every single day. And there's no escape. Imagine what that would be like, being trapped in the workplace where you're healthcare, and now they try to unionize and they stop that. I feel like I'm, I'm fucking watching pod damn America every single Twitch stream now. <laughs> as soon as there is an alternate narrative. Now, this would not have been the case if there wasn't Final Fantasy XIV as, as a equal mutual power type thing it's like i think this is just as good I'll, I'll i'll try this and then i'll adopt the frameworks and norms there it's been so encouraging to see that it's actually made me more hopeful for uh like the the toxic people the problematic posters the the fucking gamergate gamers all these people when faced with other human beings in a real space where they can see and hear each other it's just Norms are big, narratives are big, and I, I don't know. I this this whole blizzard's fall. It really in in two weeks it went from the unimpeachable, unstoppable behemoth of the number one company in the space to just a dying company that people are leaving in droves and getting better politics and empathy for it. I see that, and I think like if it can happen to Blizzard. If it could happen to the Roman Empire, it could happen to fucking, it can happen anywhere. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm stretching too hard to see the power of community and, and the rehabilitative effects of of socializing with your peers. But I don't know. Well, I thought no, that was I, a horrifying story that ended up being sort of positive. I think I agree, I agree with that. And um, I think you've discussed this in the past. I don't remember how long ago, but you've... Uh, you've talked about like living in Brooklyn and uh, just where uh, being in an actual community where people know your name and people don't mind handing you a beer and asking if you can bullshit. Um, and uh, there's not a lot of places where that facilitate that or make it easy. So something like an online game that totally makes sense. I'm 
trying to do the work in my neighborhood and I know all my neighbors now, everyone's got everyone's number now and I'm sharing my tomatoes with my neighbors. Um, and, uh, which, which is, you know, small shit, but it's, everyone's looking out for each other and trying to, uh, trying to engage on those basic like material levels. And yeah, it's, um, it's not even hard, you know, like I, I buy a couple packs of cigarettes. I go sit on my stoop for a few hours. People walk by. I, I mean, I've got, uh, we've got people medical care. We've brought people out to, you know, your, your BLM events who are just like, oh, I'm sort of bored. Uh, one person their 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 roof flooded. And thankfully oh, I was in a position where I had a network that I could put them with a power player. And now we got it right. Like, Community is not fucking hard to do. Both helping your community because they'll tell you what they need. It's, it's way easier to do politics when people just give you the answers, right? That's why the way why or that's by the way why people don't fucking ask if they're your senator or whatever. They just do a tweet right. thread. Um, so it's easy to do, and the perks are fucking great. Like it, it's been amazing watching Gamergate people cry over like the, the fucking co-worker in the game dying like like the amount of emotional connection you can get i mean i walk around and people look i'm tall so it's easy but like people literally like wave at me and are just like big man good to see you people put beers in my hands I, if i'm walking somewhere someone will just put a joint in my hand it's like it's great being a part of community socialism is literally more fun than capitalism well capitalism you- is profit over everything you're at work always even when you aren't socialism you're at home fucking you're doing your part for a reason speaking of cuba stories that got uh that got suppressed by the way one of the big ones that it's it's been a massive influx is ever since the uh, obama basically lifted up the uh restrictions a flood of old cubans from florida started going back to cuba mm-hmm. and it was basically oh. like the i'm past my money earning stage and america is really alienating so i'm gonna go back to where i can bullshit and like you know you know, drink with all my buds. Like that's, and uh, also it was be not rich while I'm at it. Well, yeah, that too. So, but not all of them. Some of them are, you know, not rich, but they're definitely past their earning prime. It's mostly older people. So, you know, yeah, it's, you know, the lessons you can learn from, you know, fucking joining a community, whether it's digital or real. It's like, you don't have all the answers. You don't know what you're doing. Other people is all we have. Um, real quick. Before we move on, I just want to share a very brief anecdote about games teaching about capitalism. Another, uh, there's the one crime that happens in Valencia a year happening outside of uh, Poppy's <laughs> balcony. I'm so sorry. It it it's 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 two men arguing over paella and then realizing their passions were sufficiently stoked that now they're lewdly making out uh, in front of the window when old grandmas had to call the policia to get them to please <laughs> tone it down. That is exactly what's happening. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, Diablo 3 came out. It, it was a Blizzard game. Uh, it was real fun, by the way. Every single person in media played it. I don't. It's, it was like Among Us, right? So you could you could just like everyone. It was the cool thing to do to play Diablo three. It was the biggest game. It's supposed to be one of the biggest games of all time, historic franchise. And one of the ideas Blizzard had at the time was most games you have to run around and farm items, kill bad guys, and get their good items. Right? That's kind of inefficient. You could spend 
days farming one item and never get it, right? That's not enjoyable. We have a problem where we are not getting resources into the hands of the people that need them. So what about this? Why don't we institute capitalism? We'll put a fake money and a real money auction house in the game. So when you're running around, you'll get like a Lance of Longinus plus 10 or whatever. You can't <laughs> use that. You're not a Lancer, but you could put it, depending on what you need, on the gold auction house or the real money auction house. So in a way, you're playing the game, but you're also making money and you're also able to get the items you need. This is fucking brilliant. Uh, within three days, they had to fucking cancel that shit because it destroyed <laughs> the entire economy. Players had no interactions with each other whatsoever. Nobody was doing any of the work. Everyone was just sitting on the auction house speculating because why the fuck would I put even 10 minutes into getting an item when I can kill like a frog, go look at the insane market and have like Jesus's personal Spear of Longinus upgraded mythic. And it costs five seconds worth of work. And then people realizing that were like, well, actually, why am I even leveling up my character? Why am I doing parties? Why am I grouping up? I'm just going to create a million level one characters and play them all simultaneously on the market, speculating until I have all the <laughs> items I need. And there, was, oh, there were multiple runs on like, you couldn't get a sword for your paladin because they were all owned by one fucking guy in Singapore who had real money protecting them. The game was destroyed instantly by the institution of the market and they had to get rid of all of it and force people into collaborating and, and interfacing with each other again because they realized the amount of isolation and alienation and the crippling deleterious effects of capitalism were too nightmarish for the Diablo 3 world. Not for America, <laughs> but for Diablo 3. It was too fucking hellish. So that's just my little, that's a funny little story. If you ever want to like read an oral history, look up the Diablo uh, Real Money Auction House. I think one of the last things we talk about here before we uh, wrap up, I want to do a quick little reading series, as it were. That's what they call it, right? Uh, so if you're familiar with Citizen, this is an app, basically. I know you think like, okay, like the doorknob videos and all that. There's, there's that's one company. And then there's like a different, I think it's Nest is the other company that is just used for uh, collecting nudes from your Airbnb guests. Those are the two big uh super creepy companies i think nest and citizen citizen points outside nest points inside citizen will pay new yorkers 25 dollars an hour by the way we we have the the normal minimum wage here citizen the app will pay new yorkers 25 an hour to live stream crime scenes so want to make 200 dollars a day in new york city Rush to the scene of a murder, a three-alarm fire, or a traffic accident. Then pull out your phone and start filming. Yeah. You, you okay there, Bobby? deeply disturbing. That's so fucked up. Yeah. I'll be honest. I've been in a, a couple street fights, and I don't know about you. I don't get into it a lot. Like, But I will say I am the type of guy where, like, where it's justified. I'm like, love that. I was in K-Town redacted and somebody was beating their wife you know what i mean uh but every time i step into those situations 
in the back of my head, this is real. And I actually follow up and check. I think, oh, I hope I don't get knocked out because that's definitely going on World Star. It's it's going right. to be like a uh, uh, bearded honky gets shit wrecked. Uh, turn <laughs> audio up for this one. It's like, no, why are they turning the audio up? <laughs> I don't want that. But then after the, you know, because that's what happens. The phone comes out immediately. It's immediately you step into the octagon. Everyone, you know, has got people holding it side. People will correct the person next to them. Like, no, dude, in, in case he strafes. Like, it's it's brutal. But it's still a crapshoot. Citizen, the, the spy on your neighbor and your UPS guy uh, doorbell app will make sure that it's never up in the air anymore. If you are getting your ass kicked or just got your ass kicked, it will pop up on a citizen app. And then everyone who cannot get a job with benefits and rationally has decided they don't want a minimum wage job can get 25 an hour to run up, hit record, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and fucking live stream your busted (laughs) ass face for the world to see. The Nightcrawler movie, that's what it was called, right? Nightcrawler? Yeah, Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler has now been fucking monetized and real and it's fucking uh, for public safety. Yeah. That's deeply upsetting. Yeah. I'll I'll continue here. That's the pitch from citizen, a controversial neighborhood watch app. That's quietly hiring New Yorkers to live stream crime scenes and other public emergencies in an apparent effort to encourage more ordinary citizens to do the same. Citizen has raised $133 million from high-profile backers like Peter Thiel, who killed Gawker and literally sucks blood from the young, uh, as well as the Silicon Valley venture firms Sequoia Capital and Graycroft, by promising real-time safety alerts for users right where they live and work. Uh, the vast majority of those alerts, including videos, appear to come from volunteers who just happen to be in the right place at the right time. And that business model, which comes amid declining coverage of local news by journalists, saves the company money. But the app that formerly called itself Vigilante and now boasts more than 7 million million users across 30 30 cities is also quietly recruiting, quote, field team members on journalism job sites to run around the city chasing emergencies. A user named Chris, who goes by uh, Gutter underscore, spent, so follow him if you get a chance, uh, spent <laughs> Thursday biking around the Bronx to at least six different emergencies, including a bloody bus wreck on Morris Ave and reports of gunshots on East 175th. Chris has streamed 1,600 videos and has 1.52 million views, according to his profile. Asked about his activity, the company says, yeah, he does work for them. Quote, Citizen has teams in place in some of the cities where the app is available to demonstrate how the platform works and the model responsible broadcasting practices in situations when events are unfolding in real time. Uh, Citizen says it doesn't hide the use of paid field team members. Uh, It doesn't post its jobs on on its job site. Uh, They delete this shit uh, after they hire people. The, the ad says you'll be live streaming from your phone straight to the app, covering the event as news. Uh, that was from a third-party casting agency called Flyover Entertainment. Uh, you will be dispatched, the ad says, to cover events, uh, check out maybe a dog locked in a car, or house fires. Uh, in the event that witnesses 
or other police or parties are available to interview, you must take the initiative to interview them for app viewers. Uh, you stand to make $200 a day for an eight-hour shift. Uh, and in, in LA, you can make $250 a day. The prices go up for other top 10 markets. Um, this is the same company that was deploying private police as a subscription service. That's something that New Orleans has had for a while. Uh, anytime right. I would walk down Britannia in New Orleans, I would get stopped, which really is damning of the whole thing. I'm white. I was white and clean shaven then. And the private police are still like, buddy, I'm getting paid. I got to earn my keep. I got to harass fucking someone. You get it, right? And I did kind of get it. Uh, and my white guilt allowed me to go like, yeah, I mean, I guess it's the worst outcomes to this. But this is what we got now. We got Peter Thiel packed, Peter Thiel backed uh, home security apps that will let you know, just for the sake of selection and confirmation bias, every single fucking police blotter item that appears anywhere near you. And then they will dispatch an unemployed person with no benefits to run up film and even interview you. So if you just got your shit rocked, uh, there is now going to be someone in fucking Supreme gear crouching next to you in 1080p streaming going like, hey, man, tell me what happened, bro. What happened? <laughs> so, you know. That's well, I'm just imagining now. like a new and refurbished world star, but it's citizen. And I'm just imagining the 20th anniversary of 9-11, just like 65 people standing at the base of one world trade as a plane fucking just rams into it. There's firefighters everywhere saying like, bro, don't you remember people got cancer last time? Like, get away from here. There's asbestos dust. The building's going to fall on you. They're all just recording like, bro, whoa, that's crazy, bro. Like $25 an hour. Bro, so, $250 a day. Don't forget Fox made this a show, by the way. Like, I hope we I have not. Uh, yes, announcement here APB. Is, yes. I am I am doing an APB episode with uh, Minion Death Cult. If you're oh, hell yeah. Them. So get ready for me discovering what the fuck that is. That's just this, right? It's just, it, it's based on the guy in New Orleans, literally. That that was the inspiration. Wait, who's like, the guy in New Orleans? The only, the only cop show I know from New Orleans was the Steven Seagal one because he was literally doing it when I was living in New Orleans. And to be <laughs> honest, it increased my rate of crime. <laughs> so there's a non-zero chance that Steven Seagal shows up and talks to me in Patois. I'll definitely take a misdemeanor for that. What am I stupid? What yeah, no, it, the the privatized police force in New Orleans, like the the ones that uh, we were just mentioning. That's yes. that's the that's literally the inspiration for the show. It got canceled real quick too. I mean, this feels. I wonder like, why. But, what a surprise. Because people were watching, just like, when's this guy going to throw some 1991 era Ebonics at, at these perps? <laughs> Look, Seagal set an expectation that future shows failed to failed to reach. Um, anyway, this is just like what happens in the favelas and all that shit. This is the old, we're on our way as Empire crumbles to the old helicopter pad, the helicopter pad uh, bullshit Sao Paulo thing. Uh, certainly we don't care about our environment. Certainly we don't care about income inequality. And as we offload more people into these freelance jobs where you, this really is fucking liberal world star. I think you're right, Poppy. This is, this is, I can't wait to see like, oh man, are you okay? What happened, man? What happened? Oh, I just got hit. It was three guys. You just got hit. 
It was three guys. Welcome to Serial Season 7. Jesus Sponsored Christ. by Citizen App. That shit is going to happen. We're not even going to get Carnival. We're just going to get fucking Maggie Haberman narrating you getting your ass whooped. Anyway, Jesus. this shit's bleak. Uh, why don't we, as a union man, I know the importance of clocking out on time. Or if you have a stomach ache, or if you're kind of tired, or if they're like, there's a sick movie you'd like to see in the middle of the day. And so I want to ask you guys, uh, I was told that you have Gossip Girl slash uh, Gilmore Girl uh, uh, takes, and uh, it's related to the military industrial complex uh, and espionage more widely. Is that, was I lied to? No. <laughs> you are I'm not just, lied I'm, to. I'm done. I'll be honest. Look, I, I'm I'm the guy that's like, hey, buddy, you guys want to work the OT? That's fine. I'm talking out. <laughs> I've talked enough. And I was promised a fucking Gilmore Girls is Jeffrey <laughs> Epstein take. And I'm, I'm not hitting stop or sending your check until you fucking do it. Let's go. <laughs> What the All fuck right, are so you talking first about? First off, Wait, okay, hold on. really quick, really quick. I'm really sorry to do this, but Grim, while you explain Jeffrey Epstein, I have to go to the bathroom. I'm so sorry. I've been holding weak, it for like 45 weak minutes. feminine bladders. They can't <laughs> keep up. <laughs> they can't fuck keep you. up. This is I'm why, why we don't bring them on the pod. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, is she taking her mic with her? Uh, no, because her mic's on the computer. The mic's Jeez, the I, computer, the headphones okay. are the sound. Yes, Grim. These these two fucking big bladder champs. We, now we have a moment Can alone. You what was this thing? <laughs> She's just screaming ignore, the walls. Just <laughs> What are you talking about, Grim? Someone uh I was bullshitting about Gossip Girl with someone and they, they hit me it's up. That's not with... how it was pitched to me. I heard Grim has the fundam this is the 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 binding theory of everything. The, the great universal theory of American imperialism and fucking gossip girl. And I want to hear it. Well, yes. So, uh, I, someone, the listener could... right now cannot have high enough expectation <laughs> for the anecdote we're about to get. If you listen to t- time for my stories, uh, Chapo, I believe they have a, a, a sub podcast right now, uh, where they spend like an hour and they, they have episodes on Gilmore girls and they have episodes on gossip girl. Fuck it. Don't listen to those because you're going to get everything you need from this one S-tier anecdote about Jeffrey Epstein. And it begins right. (laughs) So Dan Humphrey from Gossip Girl is indeed Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, wow. Okay, (laughs) I'm so Uh, sorry. (laughs) And uh, it's, it's like the same history. Private school recruited... Uh, just a creepy weirdo who just kind of weasels his way into a group through some like real intense, you know, uh, real intense intelligence work. There's multiple references to like a literal cult that like is a weird sex cult in the uh, series. It's mm-hmm. like someone told me like, oh yeah, he's and I I I got the joke at first. I was like, okay, that's kind of funny, you know. All right, but but the more I is watched it, it, I was like, not really. That, I mean, was- it is though. No, there was a, I, I disagree comedically. There was a moment, <laughs> there was a moment where, uh, you could just, you, you could just 
took take a still from anything, any cartoon, any movie, and just go like, huh, this guy's basically Jeffrey Epstein, and people will be like, I'll retweet that. So how is Dan from Gossip Girl fucking Jeffrey Epstein? They both grew up in Brooklyn, like uh, middle-class families. Okay. Uh, they both weaseled their way into the private school system in New York City. Okay. A Dalton-adjacent school. Okay. Uh, they both made most of their money and their clout off of like intelligence work behind the scenes on their own peers. Wait, there's intelligence work in Gossip Girl? Literally, yes. <laughs> there's it's the whole premise is it's like uh, uh it's like Crazy Days and Nights. It's a, a person running a Crazy Days and Nights account, but they're selectively choosing. You don't know Crazy, crazy days? days and Nights? No. It's a blind item blog and it like is notorious because it broke a ton of stories before they happen. Like it's, it's. Oh, okay. So it's like hipster runoff. Yes. Uh, for my generation. Yeah. Right. Right. So um, it like. Ironically, the... Tao Lin also ties to intelligence agencies <laughs> through his father. It's funny how that Jesus works Christ. Out. Okay. Yeah, funny how that works out. Yeah. And uh, it's it's kind of shocking how many of those themes are in there in terms of like, there's a secret sex cult. There's just the whole, like, Oh, you can kill people and just kind of get away with it. If you're rich and no one even has to know it's like the fact that it's not even known to anyone will just be an acceptable thing among the, the peer group that's there. The whole like cattiness and like, there's kind of a, you have to buy into the evil of this elite tier and once you buy into it and they got dirt on you and you got dirt on them, that's what establishes your relationship of trust rather than any actual, like, you know, feelings of friendliness or whatnot. Yeah, I, I, I guess I haven't. Said that. <laughs> <laughs> also, like he like. Chuck literally tried to traffic people in the show yes. <laughs> like there's actual attempted sex trafficking that happens in that show like yeah, oh like, like just overtly it's, it's so weird because it's like a, a cw teenage show and it's just like it's very open about these facts there's like a reason that all the uh the what was it the christian coalition or whatever was like losing their mind over the show and that was part of it there were also, right-wing think... evangelical boycotts of fucking Gossip Girl? Yeah, Google yeah. it. <laughs> there were mm-hmm. massive ones. And the the show would use those uh, quotes from their like boycott write-ups as advertising. They would have like a picture of like Blake Lively half naked with like a this is one of the most deeply evil and sexual things we've ever seen on television in quotes. I and actually it... agree with that, and I'm I'm on board. <laughs> I get that's good advertisement, actually. Yeah, it's brilliant. Also, the, the, only, yeah, go ahead. The yeah, most was, evil thing about the show is that Michael Bloomberg makes an appearance as himself, as the mayor of New York City, Michael Bloomberg. And he's like a follower of this blog about Upper East Side teenagers and their sex lives. And it's like, why are you so interested in, in who, in, in why, like, these 17 year olds are fucking each other, Mike? Like, <laughs> That is, I will say, uh, Bloomberg's story. Like, that is, I, Epstein, apologia for Epstein. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not coming. It's not coming. Uh, but a ballad, let's hit it. 
no, uh, <laughs> Epstein in the no, uh, no, no, I'm not. Uh, Bloom, Bloomberg, all those fucking guys. Like, I get it rationally. Like, Bloomberg's a billionaire, and famously, when he was the mayor, he went to there's like there's a um, not inner circle. So every year there is something called the inner circle. It's like the White House correspondence dinner. Right. Uh, and, you know, the mayor shows up and he does like little sketches with the reporters, you know. So it, like uh, one was it was the age of Aquarius, but it's the age of AOC. And we're all socialists and we're singing a parody song about how we're unrealistic. Ha ha. Very funny. Um, and that's like sort of typical mayor stuff. De Blasio famously had Hillary who delightfully uh, <laughs> yep. uh, he, he tried to he tried to campaign for her back in 2016 and was told nobody likes you i know you were my campaign manager when i was running for the senate but i won this because new york people are just the most ardently li- they don't ca- they don't care what you do it's it's fine my name's clinton i'm gonna win it so really you did nothing and you aren't helpful and i wish you would stay away please don't come to iowa and campaign for me de blasio was like i hear you and i will not officially campaigned for you and he flew out to iowa on a fucking delta flight and just went door to door and people were like who the fuck are you are you here to rob me why are you so large why do you look like that and he was like have you thought of hillary and people just slammed the door on him until he he came back right but he did his part for hillary so at the mayoral inner circle (laughs) parody event hillary was in town and she decided uh to do a fun sketch with bill de blasio a fun and the, sketch. And the sketch was, uh, you know, he's like, oh, so busy being a politician. And Hillary's like, don't I know it? And then he, he said, well, <laughs> I guess that's why I'm on CP time, which those of you that aren't racist, uh, that that's if I'm understanding correctly, that's colored person time is the implication that uh, uh, people of color aren't as punctual as, as white people. That was the joke. That That's him the joke. Standing next to Hillary Clinton on stage at an event went, yeah, I guess I'm on CP time. And then Hillary went, uh, Bill, that wouldn't be cautious politician time, would it? And he went, it is. Um, didn't go over well. I'll be honest. Um, but that's sort of the, the earthbound mundane shit that someone like de, de Blasio might get into. When Bloomberg, Michael Bloomberg was here, he did that. You know, he indulged that a little bit. But famously, he got caught at a Battery Park, uh, like, Millionaires and Billionaires Club, like a secret society where it's the heads of J.P. Morgan. It's the heads of uh, AIG. It's the fucking heads of Goldman. Uh, Blankfeld, all the fucking guys that you expect. They all join this Battery City Park uh, fucking secret society. And a journalist snuck in there once. And all they are doing is dressing up like teenage girls, wearing like fucking Victorian dresses or mini skirts, and then getting on stage. And literally, you can see it. Fucking the scions of industry are dressing like teenage girls, just going like, ooh, ooh. I'm so cute, but not cuter than a CDO. Like they're doing songs. They're doing sketches. It's very infantilizing. And you look at that and you're like, why the, this is, why are you doing this? I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. 
And the point is it's creepy. The point is when it comes right. time to like get a deal done, you know, I've motherfucker, I've seen you giving me little French kisses on, on the cheek while in a fucking Victorian, uh, uh, petty frock, whatever the fuck it is, uh, in, in front of all of us, that's sort of like degeneracy to use a, a right word or a right wing term. That's sort of like, Ooh, ooh, I'm embarrassing myself, humiliation fetish. Uh, by the way, this is sort of tilting at something very creepy and illegal. That is the glue that bonds elites together because that's the only thing they can offer each other. That's the only thing that gives them a charge. They have cash. They can buy whatever they want. What actually matters anymore? And it's that like that fear, that like having one on each other. I can tell you like in South Florida, the way you bond with people you don't know is you do some dirtbag shit with them. Like the worst crime that you and someone else are doing together, the more you like owe it to each other. And with that context, it makes total sense why Michael Bloomberg cares what's going on at Gossip Girl. Because that is his milieu. The next Michael Bloomberg is coming from that milieu. Like it makes sense for him to be on that. It's just... I get it. I get your theory. Uh, uh, I sure, sure. <laughs> You're so resigned. I'm just saying, Jeffrey Epstein is a singular figure in American history. You can't just assign any random pervy sex creep uh, or problematic elite uh, to his personhood. You know what I mean? We got to protect the name. Yeah. Look, look, I. Everyone, everyone would like to be the guy, but the the actual fact of the matter is, there's only one Jeffrey Epstein, at least to me. You know. <laughs> All right, I would we, submit there's probably several Jeffrey Epstein's, and we just know about Jeffrey Epstein. Oh yeah, it's definitely true. Yeah, if you're in the CIA, do that day one, right? <laughs> yeah. how, else you, how else are you going to get these guys? What are you? Come on, you got you got work to do. You know, you want to keep your benefits too. Uh, anyway, I think we're at time. Uh, yeah. Graham, thank you so much uh, for coming Thanks on. For me. What is your Twitter name, and is there anything you think people should look at? Exile Grim, and uh, I'm uh, starting a podcast called The Greatest Depression. Uh, we should have first episode next month, hopefully. And that that one, I, the first episode is about uh, how Japan doesn't suitably respect Jung Yun and Twice. Correct. That is correct. That is the greatest depression. And, uh, for the record, by yeah. the way, K-pop is getting referenced in South Korea because they can't assign vaccines quick enough. Like they're using the same ticketing systems for K-pop because of how they deal with the half you know million people doing it at once. So FYI. Yeah, K-pop is an interesting because Korea is such a like capitalist run amok place. Right. Uh, they're really interesting when it comes to like worker rights and just how labor actually interfaces with the larger superstructure. Um, certainly more people have come on board with like respecting workers when, uh, uh, and Mina literally did a work stoppage and said, I can't do this anymore. Sue me if you want. I'm not doing this. Uh, more people were like, God damn, workers are crushed, huh? Why don't they have any power over that? over fucking Blizzard Activision going like, hey, wait a second, are you telling me the reason my game sucks is because everyone who works on it is treated like the fucking piece of meat, that they're not human? 
their concerns aren't addressed. So why are they addressing our concerns? They can't get through the day without being harassed. So why can we expect good product? Like narratives come from a lot of places and they do work. Uh, maybe we come up with, with one that's better than fucking mm-hmm. shouting about Kropotkin to people that have a fucking 11 hour shift every weekday. Uh, Poppy Chulo. Uh, what's up? At what is not Christiane. That's right. Don't follow me. There's nothing good going on over there. What you should do instead is Google LASD gangs. We didn't have enough time to talk about it today, but that's something really important. Um, Sharice Castle over at Knock LA has done like a 15 piece like report. It's basically a small book at this point over the history of literal criminal gangs within the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department going as far up as the sheriff himself, Alex Villanueva. Um, and it sucks and it's shitty and everybody should Google it um, to get like a little entry point. But, uh, yeah. LA, I, I see the meme Google LASD gangs like that. Mm-hmm. Is, it's funny how the algorithm uh, on Twitter and Google can lift things up that otherwise would definitely be suppressed and do get suppressed when like humans mm-hmm. find out about it. Um, incendiary political chat. Right. Uh, but like it, they really do have gangs in in LA in the cops, right? Like they have tattoos and fucking, yeah, Yeah, they have, yeah, they have, they, they're gang members. They get like jumped in. Well, instead of, they don't get jumped in, but like they have initiation ceremonies where instead of getting jumped in, like you would in a regular gang, like your, your initiation is shooting a person, right? Is, is, is. I thought it was, you have to flash your headlights at someone. And then if they flash it back, you have to kill them. That's not it. Something similar. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, um, even Alex Villanueva, the sheriff in L.A., is a member of one of the gangs. It goes all the way up to the very tippity top. Um, It's been going on for 40 years. Uh, There's no end in sight. It's getting worse. Um, And it's it's terrible. Uh, The police brutality and like the actual like locked down police state that the people of Los Angeles are living in. but yeah, yeah, and so. this stuff is, if I'm understanding correctly, this stuff is <laughs> where we'll get out of here. Uh, this a lot of this stuff is is just heightening because the Olympics are coming to LA, right? It's sort of like yes. what's going on with Japan, where it's like, look, we got no audience. This is just for TV, and we're crushing our locals. But hey, buddy, we're trying to sell merch and get ratings. So fuck you. I know. I remember Gavin Newsom pitching for the Olympics years back, but then it not going anywhere. But did he actually get it? Yeah. So the Olympics in LA are going to be in 2028 and they're going to be, uh, basically what's happening right now is a, is a almost like identical repeat of what happened in the, um, in the leading up to the 1984 Olympics in LA. Um, the 1984 Olympics are considered still to this day, like the most successful, uh, financially, the most, the most financially successful Olympics, like in history. And, um, there are, they're, they're interesting for a number of reasons. Number one, Reagan kicked them off because those uh, like president Ronald Reagan kicked them off, which was the first time that a politician ever kicked off an, an Olympics. And then they are the most financially successful Olympics in history and considered like the model of how to run an Olympics. And they're immediately after the 1980 Olympics in Moscow that are uh, boycotted by a most Western countries and then the 1976 Olympics 
in Montreal, which are considered like the most financially disastrous Olympics in history. And so they're also the first ever privately funded Olympics, where instead of being solely government funded, very Reagan-esque, they are funded by McDonald's, 7-Eleven, lots of private investors. And so what happened in the lead up to the 1984 Olympics is uh, literally a police state. So homeless exclusionary zones, um, intense amounts of uh, police lockdowns, uh, like uh, Bradley, the mayor, Thomas Bradley, and um, and the police chief at the time, and I can't remember his last name, but it's, it's Daryl something. Um, they basically like held a strategy of we are going to militarize the police and have all the less uh, like more unseemly areas of Los Angeles and a basic police lockdown for 10 years. Um, And because of course, after the Olympics, it didn't go away. Right. And so um, after the Olympics comes or with the Olympics comes 70,000 new jobs that were all non-union and um, temporary that all went away with the Bush recession um, so the Olympics basically leads to a militarization of the police in a way that the United States hadn't seen before, like in any city, um, a, a move away from union jobs, a deindustrialization of the entire area and an inc- like a, a severe increase in the arrests without charges. Most people weren't charged, but the arrests of black and brown people in a way that you hadn't seen since like the 56 Watts riots. And that kept going through to the eighties until the Bush recession. And then came to a breaking point with the 92 Rodney King riots. Um, And so all of that uh, is being repeated right now. So Congressman Mitch O'Farrell had Echo Park, um, had Echo Park. Uh, what's the word? I can't think of the word in, in Removed, English. Cleared. Uh... Cleared. Yes, cleared. Had Echo Park cleared. Echo Park is an area in LA that um, throughout the pandemic developed a really cool actual homeless encampment where unhoused and housed neighbors work together to build a community garden, showers, all kinds of stuff that was working for everybody in the neighborhood. They even had a wedding there. Um, And Mitch O'Farrell, the city council member for that district, had the whole thing cleared with police. There were protests. People were arrested in the middle of the night. Just terrible. Um, That's usually how they do it. That's how they cleared Occupy. Yeah. I I remember getting a text at like 1151 in all caps. So it's just like now. And that's where mm-hmm. you see the fucking bulldozers and whatnot. Yeah, mm-hmm. they love the doing same that. thing. The same thing is happening in Venice. Um, city Council just on July 28th, so a few days ago, they just voted for a new law, basically uh, like a like a soliciting ban and a loitering ban, which would make. Um, technically not like homeless exclusionary zones, but realistically, yes, where it would be now unlawful for homeless people to 
loiter or sleep in certain designated areas of LA. And if you look at the map, it's basically the whole thing is orange because they're not allowed to be anywhere. They can't be near schools. They can't be near parks. They can't be under bridges. They can't be near shelters. They can't be near public areas. They can't be so nowhere. It's they're going to declare it illegal to be um, homeless or poor, basically, in the city of Los Angeles. And well, that's a great incentive to go ahead and take the should ask minimum wage offers that uh, private employers are offering, huh? Uh-huh. If you know the abyss is waiting for you. Yeah. And so basically what happens is it's it happened in the 84 Olympics and it's happening now again. The Olympics are like a Trojan horse to just for the Democrats, because California is a city that's or is California is a state that's run top to bottom by Democrats, as is L.A. as a city. And so it's just like a Trojan horse where they end they use the Olympics as an excuse to get away with everything that they always wanted to do anyway. And um, it happened in 84. It's happening now. And after 84, the military, like the militarization of the police and the occupation tactics that were used on the people of L.A. were exported to the rest of the country, which that's why it's so important. It's like what started in L.A. with the Olympics is how we live everywhere now. It's how we live in St. Louis and Seattle and Kansas City and New York. And so it's very much a kind of like watch what's happening in my city because it's coming to yours. Um, and so there's a lot of resources. There's no Olympics LA, there's knock LA ground game LA. A lot of, uh, um, those are all organizations that are working to deal with like the Olympics, um, and talk to city council and try to get things under control. Um, Sharice Castle's, uh, piece with knock LA too on, um, the LASD sheriff's gangs, boost that, read that. It's super important. That's all I have to say, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's good. That, that's, I, I, I was going to say, I, I wish we, we could have got to that earlier, but at, look, as a, as a union guy, and we're now 220 or so in, whoops. Uh, I, I, what's that, Graham? I just said, whoops. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, because I'm a union man. I'm going to take care of my laborers. So uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, we'll wrap here. Again, we, we got uh, Grim at... Exile Grim. And we got uh, Poppy, though she prefers Pappy at... at not Christiane. At, at Catalonia number one. That's right. Uh, and that's all one word. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, because, because we went over, I will obviously be, be compensating overtime rate because if those of you listening to the podcast, you're, you're not seeing the video version right now, you're getting this on Monday or Tuesday, you're listening to the audio. Uh, I realize we haven't talked about this in a while, so I'll just throw out there. Um, we, we pay our guests, uh, the Patreon, most months uh, we do a full financial transparency thing. But overwhelmingly, I think if someone's going to come on and talk about issues that I'm not going to be able to see on TV, just for me personally, uh, if I'm able to hear that, I think that they deserve to be compensated for it. Certainly people are being compensated for absolute dog shit, terrible takes and fucking flacking for power everywhere else. So look, uh, put your money where your mouth is. If you're a podcast, you don't pay your guests. I, I know you only have $200. I only have $700. That's my monthly fucking thing. I'm still paying out. Uh, so all our, our income goes to paying guests. So I'm sorry for taking you guys longer. I'll make sure to make that up to you. If you guys are listening and you enjoyed what you heard, 
Uh, of course, we have the Patreon where we release episodes early and, and in the video form. Uh, we also, if you go on iTunes or Spotify or any of that, you want to give us a review. Uh, five stars better because every moment you don't give us a review, someone is reviewing Ben Shapiro's podcast, Five Stars, which is somehow... By the way, if you're like, man, Chapo, they fucking suck. They sh- why aren't they doing what? Chapo, as big as you think that they are, are nothing compared to Ben Shapiro. You do not understand the scale and magnitude of how fucking owned the left is in media. So uh, if you listen to this and got anything from it and you want to go give like five stars, that that's a great thing that allows more people within the algorithm to fucking hear this shit if you just listen and you're like actually i fucking hate this shit i would say don't go give one star so far i have to say only one person has done that and they said one of the hosts is abusive and a bully and fair play to them they were right no they were right (laughs) on that one i can do self-crit i haven't changed but that's a fair but that one star is already there so we don't need to repeat it um but if you don't like what what you hear, don't one star. Start your own fucking uh, podcast. Get left media out there as much as possible. Support the left media that you believe in. And if you can't find any, uh, go out there and do it yourself. Every little bit uh, helps. We need to support each other. And thank you again, uh, Poppy, Christiane, and Grim, Man of Mystery. Uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for going long. And... Uh, Anything else before we hit that outro? Nope. Thanks for having us. Actually, I lied. (laughs) None of your ideology. None of the books you've read. None of the people that you meet in your community. No mutual aid. No dual power matters. Is at the end of the day, what it comes down to is do you have bars? Do you have bars? Shout out to his comrade Sway, and I'll see you all next week. Brett will be here. Uh, thank you for listening to Dumb and Awful.